Hi everyone, I am doing this podcast, video podcast um, series and um, I'm starting it off with um, a guest that has not only like supported me just out of the blue without like um, basically out of the kindness out of her own heart and um, it just felt right for her to be starting off my podcast series about mental health, um, just normalising anything to do with mental health in regards to like the nitty gritty and just having like a good rapport and like a stream of consciousness and just picking each other's brains and um, just showing that we all do feel the same emotions even if we've grown and lived like lived different lives. So my first guest on Loving Me and Loving You is um, Ruby Fiara. She is a webcam model and a YouTube content creator. She has garnered over 119,000 um, followers on Chatterbait and counting. And um, she does pole dancing and on YouTube, she has over 8,000 subscribers and a view of a total view of 7,400 views and like counting and um, that's how I discovered her um, from YouTube because YouTube is like my main like source of like information and like one of the main platforms I like watching so without further ado hi Ruby Fiera hi (laughs) Thank you very much for that lovely introduction. Absolutely fine. Um, <laughs> hi. Um, I just wanted to like again thank you. I know I did it off camera, but I like thank you for your time because I know it nowadays, like in like business type like terms and like crap like that, um, time is money. So I, I understand like you like giving me that time it means the world to me um and I just wanted to say first of all how are you today really good um just had a very relaxing weekend boyfriend's birthday yesterday so I've just been chilling at home and um, gone for a couple of dog walks and got a eight-month-old puppy who um is going through those teenage years of disrespecting his mother um but we've had a bit of a breakthrough yesterday where he came away from six dogs that he hadn't met before um so recall um it was quite good and yeah just he's getting a lot better so <laughs> okay um i'm just gonna like um jump straight into it um in terms of like going back in time let's say mm-hmm. um again just answer however comfortable you feel again um just to preface this um so what was little ruby like like was she, was she like quote unquote different as like i'm sure all trans queer people are mm-hmm. so gosh um i was definitely that child <laughs> 
Um, yeah, so well, growing up, um, my parents never really forced me into any boxes, um, although I'd noticed in um, infant school, all of the there was a definite divide between boys and girls, where all the boys um, played football and all the girls did girly things. And I've always hated football and um, never really saw the point of it um, and just always um, preferred the company of girls, um, like playing all of the imaginary animal games, all of that. I've always loved animals. Um, so kind of just gravitated to having friends that were girls. And then immediately I was labelled the gay boy um, before anyone even really understood what that meant. I think we were like eight or nine maybe at that kind of time. So nobody knew anything about sexuality. I definitely didn't, um, but I was definitely the gay one, the girly boy. And um, I always took that as quite an offensive thing because it was, well, it was never meant as a positive thing. Like I've got, um, my uncle is married to a man and well, I've got, my uncles you know um that sounds weird because it sounds like they're from opposite sides but no um yeah got uncles that are married and um so being gay has never been seen as a bad thing but it was always thrown at me as a bad thing so I always had in my like family life being gay was totally fine but then in the real world um being gay was like something I really didn't want to be so it was like a bit of a feud in my head but I always knew in myself then growing up um that when these stereotypes were thrown on me it kind of didn't fit and um I was really badly bullied just throughout most of my school life for either being gay or um being like quite an effeminate boy not fitting in with everyone else and shunned all of that kind of stuff but just having friends that were girls and um, I was always really popular with the girls just because I was not not one of those boys that's just an arsehole. I think that's universally a trans thing for like Definitely. to be one with the um girls because what you're describing to me is very much prevalent in my especially for like um primary school because yeah it was a free-for-all because those um because I get I'm sure you get asked um about like oh so when did you know what when you were trans when did you know and I'm like I couldn't even form my own opinions let alone yeah. know what trans meant at such a, such a young age I just knew I was one of the girls that's all I didn't know this thing trans up until like basically the porn world basically yeah yeah no, exactly the same for me like we would we'd always be doing the imaginary games in like the, I always remember the wooden wigwams um in like the playground like little hut thing um and we'd always be in there and that would be Hogwarts and we'd be just like <laughs> I don't know we'd be deciding on who's going to be who and I would like I would really demand and not throw hands but that nearly to be Hermione and everyone was always a bit like that doesn't really make sense but I needed to be Hermione and I always knew that and whenever it was dress up even in nursery school I needed the fairy costume and if anyone got that fairy costume before me we wouldn't be friends um but every, everything like that but it just it made sense to me but just everyone else would kind of my opinions were warped by society and um what they were telling me was right and wrong so it kind of um well, I always remember my mum had some older friends and um, they were always concerned that I wanted to dress up like a fairy and a princess and be a princess and all of that. And they said it was just a phase, I'll grow out of it. And if I don't, he'll probably be gay. So you want to nip that in the bud kind of thing. My mum my didn't want to be that person. So she always kind of let me pick my own path, which I think also was one of the reasons why I didn't discover my dysphoria until quite a lot later. Because if I'd been shoved into a box, um, I think I would have realised a lot sooner, but because my parents kind of let me be free and be my own person, 
I was just me, so it didn't really matter that kind of thing. um, I know for my story, um, did you, at what point, if you did, did you try and perform the gender that was thrown at you and assigned to you? Did you like try to be a boy? Yeah, so um, I kind of got fed up of um, being the gay one and all of that. So I think it was about 15, I started doing a lot of protein shakes and going to the gym. Um, I got a six pack, all of that kind of stuff. And I got, um, well, as soon as I was 18, I got quite a few tattoos. I got a really big one on my chest, which I've now had laser removed, which you can't oh see. Oh my God. I know, but um, it was like a, quite a large, it, was, it would have been my whole, this kind of area, tribal tattoo. Um, just because I was thinking that's really masculine let's get that get really like as muscly as I could looking back obviously it wasn't that um, you know but it, it kind of did the trick ish a little bit but the more did I did the more... girlfriends oh yeah 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 definitely um, I, I definitely well I've always been bi- well I'd say bisexual um, I started having an, an attraction to men I'd say it kind of came out of the blue when I was about 15, um, but I'd always had girlfriends because I, I, I had um, friends that I kind of, it now says to me that I was wanting to be them. So I was kind of like, I loved them so much because I wanted to be them, but this it came off as like, oh, I must fancy them. But it was like, a, no, I just really appreciate how this person is. I want to be like that myself, but never really understood that kind of thing. See, I think I was platinum star gay in the terms that I never even had a, even a fake girlfriend because I could never oh, muster wow. that. <laughs> wow, okay. I was yeah. just like, no, I know that I don't. But then it's just like, you just, you just, it, it like, to get to it, like, it, it really, really, like, hurts. Like, the power of, like, words and, like, stuff being thrown at you and being like, how could you not like girls? Are you gay? Even at primary school, like, I, I, yeah, it was just like, so like, like, and it, you, you just said, even though it was so, so obvious that you did not fit in and like, you just held onto it so long because you know it was wrong, either mm-hmm. like, because of your family would like dis- disown you or people would judge you if you gave into it. You just like held your own for so long. And I don't know why, like, yeah, I, I get I get why just to like survive because a lot of school life was surviving for me. Did you feel the same? Definitely. Yeah, it's just kind of like trying to go under the radar, do the like path of least resistance, that kind of thing. Definitely. Mm. Yeah, madness. I just yeah. I, I would never want to like like a lot of people say they want to like go back and like like especially in America they were like high school was the best years of my life it was the worst years of my life (laughs) yeah I think I'd like to go back but if I had all of the knowledge I have now because I would transition as soon as I could well yeah going back to those Hermione days I would be like no I want to grow my hair I want to be a girl I am Hermione you're not telling me anything but this kind of thing and just go from being that child person Granger. literally yeah definitely I know that you've been very 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 transparent on YouTube and I'll get to more of that later but um in terms of your family I, I've seen videos of how close it's just so 
like warming because I've never really experienced that ever of how close you are to your mom could you elaborate on that um, so my mum has been my best friend for as long as I can remember. Um, we've been through so much together. She's um, she she's had a lot of troubles with back and um, her back. So she's had quite a few back surgeries and all of that. So she's always felt um, not that she's let me down as a mum, but she hasn't always been able to do the physical things that like I might have wanted to. But yeah, because that, as a parent, you feel like you are the one uh, at a certain age, up until a certain age, that you should be the one to um, basically help your kid grow and help them rather than them help you. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it's never quite been flipped totally that way. Yeah. yeah. But um, definitely, we, we've we've just ended up spending a lot more time with each other in yeah just just like talking and just being friends and just my mum is just the like my best friend um, and it's, it's always been like that I, uh, my parents got divorced when I was 11 and um, so then I lived with my mum from then um, I have seen my dad uh, like it was on and off in the beginning but then it's got progressively more um, but yeah just I've been with Arthur's her in like progressively more as like you've distanced yourself um, no, I, I, well, when my parents got divorced, I was kind of living with my mum full time and then seeing my dad every other weekend, that kind of thing. Um, and then we had a bit of a moment um, where there was a bit of tension in the family when I came out as trans. Uh, well, not necessarily, um, it, it's it's a really awkward, long story and yeah. that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, there was a bit of a, uh, so I kind of distanced myself from my dad as in just to not create him any issues that kind of thing because I love my dad um he's, he's never had a problem with me but me being trans I could feel was a little bit difficult sometimes even though he loves me you know so I kind of when I went to uni I was that, kind of, like that's like a lot of um things with like male figures well parental figures where they have such a pride in like their boy their son and it's it's more of a thing of like they're letting go of that but you need to remind them that it's still you mm. basically it's just like that that thing of like oh it's my boy it's my son it's like yeah. an achievement yeah like my dad's um never really been that kind of dad um but I think he was worried about other people's opinions a little bit yeah. too much too much um because um a little bit deep but um my dad remarried um a bit later but there, he's my dad's got an older brother who's kind of been the not leader of the family but kind of his voice is louder um and in regards to my granddad that was the issue is that we thought not we they thought that me telling my granddad that I was trans would be too much for him and it might push him over the edge because he was so old you know like the shock would kill him so when my dad remarried I was given the ultimatum of come in a suit dressed as a boy or don't come at all yeah so um yeah it was it was come in a suit dressed as a boy or don't come at all and my dad never having a what problem that with me at that point sorry and what what did you look like physically this was three years into my transition so um yeah I'd stopped wearing wigs my hair was quite long by then I was wearing makeup all the time living full-time for the last three years but every time I'd seen my granddad because I wasn't allowed to tell him I had to dress it down put my hair up in a top knot or <laughs> you know or a man bun kind of thing and just not wear makeup and the amount of times my granddad was like do you need some money for a haircut like I'll get you a haircut I'm like no 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 it's fine I'll get one eventually never did obviously um 
but yeah it was a bit of a that kind of moment when I was giving that ultimatum but I knew it wasn't coming from my dad so that kind of um made me feel a bit of distance from my dad that he didn't stand up for me so much but it was his wedding and I kind of he well I knew that he he's, he's never been one for the confrontation so I knew him feeling like he'd have to explain to people on his wedding day why I'm here because I hadn't been allowed to just be freely me to the like outskirts of the family that really couldn't care less really um but it, it wouldn't have been the right place which kind of it shouldn't have been left that long it was three years into my full time of being trans that kind of thing but I thought that would come to a head when my granddad passed away and then I'd have my freedom but the same ultimatum was given to me with his funeral and that's when I discovered that yeah so the issue wasn't with my dad it was with my uncle and auntie and um them not wanting to have to explain to the family not on a funeral time and place have some respect that kind of thing so yeah i, I ended up um going to my granddad's funeral just as a boy which was quite it was difficult um i it yeah it was that even mean like oh yeah i no makeup um no makeup hair scraped back kind of thing in a suit um and the like the vicar i'm really not religious at all but the person at the front um giving like the, the giving the speeches all of that kind of stuff said um like to his grandson and i was like just sat in the back and everyone was expecting me to be in the front row obviously because we quite a small family but there's me hiding at the back with my mom like shaking with anxiety all of that kind of stuff and it was just awful um i can i, I can relate to that because i recently had like a passing of my nan my my whole situation's um emotionally fucked but um in the terms of like that exact thing that ultimatum of like present yourself as x y and z <clears throat> because i come from like a asian um bengali to be specific um background um it it was like uh, to the point of like boiling point of like if you show up of like in any other way but what you assigned at birth, especially to a funeral of mm. all places, then it's just like the end of the world. However, uh, because it was so recently and because of my mindset I have today, um, I showed up as me, like I just didn't care. I was like, I'm coming for my grandmother and she like saw me as this, even though I didn't really have much of a relationship with her towards the end, I just came as me because that's the me that she knew like, a lot of people like tend to like assume that like trans girls especially or even trans boys um do a 360 one day like they look like a boy one day mm. and then they look like a girl another day it doesn't work like that it happens over time it's a gradual process and you need to trust the process um like it's a gradual process so she knew me before passing as like this me so it was like almost a disservice to her and disservice to me because who the fuck am I coming as if not me? So yeah, um, yeah so I came as me. I had Beth, my best friend of life with me to support me on that day because all of my family members were there um, who I hadn't spoke to in like such a long time. So anxiety to the max, which I'm relatably to you, um, especially of me like presenting this way. So it was mm -hmm. a moment, but no, I totally feel that. Yeah. 
just break the bravery in that though um, there's it's one thing I'll always kick myself for is it's been a recurring theme throughout my life I think where I've not valued people's opinions over myself but I haven't allowed my voice to be strong enough um, to just to everyone that you know that kind of thing like growing up kind of just took everything and then kind of took like I, I'm, well, I get it from my dad it's the like path of least resistance don't like confrontation in any way so just kind of do like everything to placate everyone else where you just really shouldn't in this life like you've got your one life that live it like you just need to take it or well, take it. it every day as it comes and be mm. very present in the moment but literally like you only live once that fucking yolo shit but like it's yeah. true like mm-hmm. like unless you believe in like re- reincarnation or life after but i'm talking about being present right now like mm-hmm. Right now, you just need to be you authentically. And we change as people, but yeah, just embrace you. And I do hope that um, events to come in like in, in terms of like challenging ones where it's like oriented around like family or like whatever challenging ones, I do hope you find the um, inner courage uh, just to represent you as you are. Yeah, the strength has definitely progressed with my transition. So uh, it's, yeah, well, touch wood things like that won't ever happen again but yeah in terms of um i know we already like touched upon like your um sorry if i'm looking there the my notes are there <laughs> um in terms of like i know you briefly touched um like relationships in terms of like love life past relationships any meaningful ones that you learned and grew from to mm-hmm. be who you are today just any so I have had a very, 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 very um, bad relationship with my own love life. So um, I was growing up absolutely, um, well, being bullied, all of that, having no self-esteem and then especially going through puberty, having no self-liking, um, well, not liking myself, um, ended up going into self-hatred um, and not really understanding why, because um, like this like puberty age, like 13 to 16, I was a bit of a late bloomer. Um, so around that kind of time, I didn't realise I was trans until I was 18. So I had quite a long period of not knowing my ass from my elbow um, and going on from that. Uh, <laughs> just yeah so seeking validation from other people has always been my downfall um and yeah it um i've been very promiscuous in my past um not really having any relationship not really having any relationships um because one well it was dating men you were very promiscuous as your past self and your present self as like the boy and the girl very much so yeah so um well i found that dating men was so much easier than girls um because obviously girls have feelings um, <laughs> no um but girl, girls girls feelings are a lot more visible i've found um and men can be a lot more physical and physical um validation is a lot more apparent than the emotional 
kind of thing because obviously it takes time to build an emotional connection whereas physical can be instant so um me seeking that validation i had a lot of the physical um from lots of different people just because the more people that could validate me the more it must be you know like increase your sample size for valid results like you know the more accurate sample yeah statistics um statistically speaking the more people that were validating me the better i would think i would feel in myself however that obviously wasn't the case but i didn't see that at the time um, so I didn't really have any relationships, um, probably mainly because um, there is a definite difference, well, I think so, um, between homosexual men and heterosexual men. It not, it, I, You don't want to be stereotyping that kind of thing, but I have noticed there is a difference. Um, and I never what really... Don't elaborate what differences. Um, well, just like the whole gay scene, just the whole... Um, it, it, oh, it's, I don't really know that's probably being really generalistic and stereotyping but it, I mean, it's, it's probably internalized that you're not like a very, you're you're a very in my opinion you're a very thoughtful person so whatever you yeah. think is just like your opinion at the end of the day so long as it's like obviously not hurtful or like damaging but whatever you think it's still your opinion if you want uh, yeah. Um, I'm putting my foot in my mouth so much, but I think it's it's more probably internalised um, homophobia. It, that's another thing with me is a lot of internalised homophobia and transphobia. So even though like I love my uncles to bits, being gay to me was a bit of a oh kind of oh. So I think. Can I just say your facial expressions are one of the best things of life. Like I, I remember, I'm like jumping ahead of myself, but I do remember a particular comment on one of your YouTube videos that you made, and this the top comment was, "This girl makes so many facial expressions in one, like you know, even like a like a little minute, and it's amazing. <laughs> like honestly, it's just the best. All of life. Yeah, um, no Botox. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, but oh god, it, uh, um, yeah, I think it was just me and myself not wanting to be gay, um, just because I've been bullied for it so long that it just didn't feel right. But it didn't feel right in the sense of I knew I wasn't meant to be a man dating a man in my own body, that kind of thing. Did you it's, feminine? Uh, you could tell, yeah, but but not particularly. It's um, well, I had a girlfriend when I was seventeen, so it was kind of like I was. I was the sensitive boy, I'd say. I was. It, it wasn't like I wasn't. I've never been camp. Being camp was quite annoying to me. Um, I've just never been the ass queen kind of, you know. Well, I can be now, but not. It's just not. like hindsight is such a, such a, such a. Yeah. 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 I was so conscious though of being like people bullying me that it was just kind of the path of less resistance again. So by me not being so camp and being a little bit more. Um, I kind of got away with it a bit more. So what I was doing in bed, that's my business, but yeah. other people didn't really need to know. Um, yeah, that kind of thing. Um, I know it's going to be like a bit like um, intrusive. Again, you can stop just however much you want to go through. But like in terms of being physical with a girl, did you encourage the girl to play with your ass? No, um, no, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, um, no, it was very much of a um, not one-sided thing, but I was more about making her happy than me being made happy, In that, if 
you know? No, so, I yeah. Um, I, well, um, she thought I had amazing stamina. I thought I did at the same time because uh, like she, she'd be having multiple and I, I'd be still not finished a couple of hours <laughs> later. Didn't really connect that to I'm not totally attracted to women like that. Um, I, well, it's it's more it's got there now, but it's, it's definitely it's, it's gotten to the point where you have to reprogram yourself and not see yourself as what society depicts to fully blossom and like love the well the same um gender as you are that gender you can't love it as a boy you can love it as a girl and like fully it. embrace it it's just yeah. reprogramming it's not like it's like um reprogramming down there to figuring out how to yeah it, it mm -hmm. does make sense because at the end of the day it was a performance that's all i can just like boil it down to even yeah. though i had the shittest performance of life it was a performance yeah <laughs> um in terms of um okay this is in terms of sex work when were you first exposed to it uh, as soon as i turned 18 um yeah so i will god it's so bad but um, in terms of like porn when was that first oh, oh god okay uh, very young actually um i think i was in a bar with my parents and someone accidentally bluetoothed me something that they probably shouldn't have you know what i mean so quite young um i shouldn't have had a phone back then anyway but yeah um and then yeah uh it, I, mm, young yeah probably like early 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 teens um if, if not less um but yeah, I've just never really been one to watch porn. Um, I even remember at like, I don't even know, God knows what age I was at. Um, I remember like with my cousins at the time, with my cousin at the time, um, just like being on YouTube and like thinking this was so dirty, but like go um, like watching a YouTube video of a, of a man um with um shirtless being being very but back then youtube was a completely different time um so anything was a free-for-all um so he had like um whipped cream all over him and then like licking it with strawberries it was very that very camp but like mm. that so i would always get scarred and bullied by my cousin just saying why were you looking at that kind of porn is there something that, like just very that yeah. so it was just like an early like signal but yeah what yeah so it was for you the blue well, that was probably the first time i saw like graphic pornography yeah. but i think the first time actually was um britney spears toxic video <laughs> <laughs> I, I know um it, it was kind of like so hot um like the red hair it was just there was a moment where she like um she's on her knees but she like kind of gets off the bed onto a guy i can just remember that i don't even know if that is a thing um but that's it's what stuck in my head um and it was just a, a yeah and now it's just like i was so thinking oh my god she's amazing i want to be that but at the time it was like oh my god that's so hot but not it was re it's one of those weird moments it's just like um i just describe it as something that gives you life like it can be music it can be just something but it's just something that's like oh yeah that kind of thing so that that was it for me <laughs> did you did you at that time point find it um when did you find it intriguing and alluring before you decided to fully embark on it was it like always at the back of your mind because i know you mentioned in like uh, private conversations that you had like a normal 
job and then when did that start playing in your mind of like I can do this um it, it really didn't it was um it was uh well I was, I was at university um working at oh no it was before university okay so I was um at college as uh, so this was like 17 I was working at a stables um and it, it was all right but it was just very hard work for not much money and I was I was quite well into dating boys but not being fulfilled in any way by it so um I'd had relationships with girls never been able to finish that kind of thing um thought that was just a me thing but then with boys I could um because it was more intense I guess because it was stuff was happening to me um but at the same time wasn't feeling totally fulfilled it wasn't just it wasn't the amazing thing that I thought it should be and um after doing the amount of people that I'd done I thought this is something wrong with me <laughs> Um, to be honest, can't... I don't even know my body count. I just, no, I don't know. It's a blur. I'm glad I got to start again, really. Um, <laughs> no, no, I can't wait to say that. I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> oh. um, but yeah, it was it's just very much. Um, Everyone that I was having sex with was just not great, not doing it for me. So I was thinking, right. Avoid, basically. Yeah, yeah, just mostly boys. Um, <clears throat> and just thought, it's, it's not doing it for me. Um, I see in porn that, that they're having this great, like, theatrical sex, all of that kind of stuff, you know. Um, and obviously, if they're getting paid for it, they must be really good at it. And um, I'd, I'd been told that I was quite an attractive boy. So um, I thought, sod it. Let's just... Did you watch a lot of porn? Not really. No, it was more like um, well, I didn't realise at the time, but I didn't like just being myself masturbating because I could never finish, and it was just a bit of a. I didn't realise at the time, but I had a lot of genital dysphoria, um, so it was just, it just didn't it wasn't that great. So I'd go out and have sex with people lots and that that was my way of getting that release and obviously when you don't masturbate and you've got teenage male um testosterone levels the amount that they would usually masturbate was the amount I was probably having sex with people so okay. yeah you know um but yeah just it wasn't doing it for me and then in obviously in porn you see that they're having like great sex so I thought sod it let's have sex with porn stars we'll try to anyway um um, so I applied um, for a porn website. I got snapped up quite quickly. Um, <laughs> and then the rest was history with that, but it didn't really get any better. Um, it was just obviously staged, you know. How but, long did that last? Um, it, probably about six months. Um, but uh, yeah, it ended quite abruptly. I didn't have a good experience um, towards the end. Um, yeah it's not the industry i would ever get into again definitely being my own boss now being in control of everything um yeah did it give you um insight of what was to come in terms of like um seeing these directors seeing this and that and like just getting that kind of perspective of the work doing the work did you did you find it helpful um yes and no um I was very naive in thinking I was being looked after where I was being very much taken advantage of because I was literally just 18 um, and the things they were trying to get me to do was out of my comfort zone and it was a I was being um, offered more money to stretch my comfort zone when yeah. I really should I really shouldn't have like young and vulnerable that kind of thing 
Um, and then in the end, um, I got lied to. So I was told I was going to go do a shoot. So this was me living quite down south to go up to Manchester. Um, and Manchester. Uh, right, hey, um, I was told I was going to be doing a shoot with um, someone and then I had a quick Google just to see if I liked them because quite shallow. Um, but no. not shallow, but you know, you want to know who you're going to be doing if there's no like if there's no friendly connection or like emotional connection you want there to be a physical yeah so I had google and I was like yeah cool that's nice and then when I got there um oh no really sorry we've had to reschedule you're gonna have to be doing this person who is I'd say 50 years older and you know um and that was definitely not my thing uh well 18 I don't even know how old he was but he could have been my granddad um so no thank you um but I then later found out from a friend that that was the plan all along. Um, there wasn't that person that I was interested And like, you know, like with the whole like categories of porn, that's one of like the enticing things I find like, there's like, if you watch as much porn as I do, well, tend to sometimes, I guess. Um, mm. <laughs> there's this thing called um, Broke Straight Boys. <laughs> Oh yeah. oh yeah it's very much that kind of scenario where they like act like that oh my gosh they've cancelled oh so you're gonna do each other now and we'll be yeah, yeah. More. so yeah, it's yeah. like that yeah people like an honest reaction well as much honest as it can and people like tearing down people and like bending their will people like psychotically like watching that basically mm. and it's just a very mind thing and sometimes they push it too far and I just don't agree with the um, psycholo psychology behind it and like it's not morally right it's yeah when you can't buy everything and that is just taking the piss but unfortunately without um, th killing anyone's fantasies all of that is totally staged all of the models sign a release beforehand they know exactly what's going on so all of these things that you see happening that's like oh it is a surprise it isn't but in my situation it genuinely was um but ooh, yeah that kind of thing it, it wasn't right and it was um they were paying from like I, I was I was basically not doing it for the money but um it, the money was really quite nice um but they were paying for my train tickets to get up to Manchester and that was around 100 pounds and if if I didn't do the shit I wasn't going to get the train ticket money and I wasn't going to get paid for it and as they told me when I was already in Manchester it was going to come out of my own pocket if I didn't do it so I didn't do it took the hit for that um but yeah they don't they, I'm glad you said you put your foot down yeah it was just because it, it was a, it was a shock and yeah yeah I've been I've been good in that sense like um being in control of my own body I've been lucky that I, I've been able to put my foot down whereas I mean a lot of people probably wouldn't and it would go further than that but that's what I've been lucky that I've been able to have my that yeah. that that wall that, that yeah. I can put up like, that kind of no, thing sorry no yeah but like no that's 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 massive and major and especially at that point am I correct in believing that was pre-transition as well oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. um so massive well done for doing that mm -hmm. um in terms of I'm just gonna like skew away momentarily from the sex work in industry because I'm very like keen on like people's mental health and like um because I'm on my own like spiritual like lifelong journey and I think that's one of the core fundamentals um of me and what I want to bring forward in this mm -hmm. um video podcast um 
what um do you have any practices rituals faiths are you an atheist are you what what do you believe in what do you do nothing um, um i'm not religious but i'm very much the kind of person that buries myself into other things to just you know distract yeah um distract and then deal with it at a later date that kind of thing um it's, it's why i've been so awful with my youtube because um i've like been on my journey and i've always wanted to like document every single step of the journey but every single step of the journey has had its difficult parts and in that moment i can't deal with it so i can't be making videos about that when it is that raw because even just talking to you where i'm i'm I would say I'm relaxed, but I'm sat here and I'm shaking. And it's just like, not, not these repressed memories and all of that, like the ghost of my past, but it is, all, there's so much emotion that has accumulated over time that I'm processing now from years ago. Um, yeah. But, and just the anxiety that's come with like the whole transition and everything that I'm just sat here, I'm literally shaking um, and I can feel it. Um, but totally fine at the same time it's it's so weird but I it's an out of body like an out of body experience like you're present but not it's like mm. associating almost like it's like you're speaking and then it's like whoa like it's kind of trippy and revisiting things especially if you've not healed or processed from mm. them like I, I still applaud you for talking about it like even currently now um so yeah there's that in terms of like um, overall mental health, have you seeked any professional help or do you not want that? Um, oh, um, so when I started transitioning, um, which was eight years ago, uh, I was 18. Can't do the maths in my head this quickly. <laughs> but do maths for shit. I'm surprised I A few maths. years ago. It was <laughs> a while ago now. Um, but I was always, I, I was under the impression that if I ever said I was struggling with my mental health, it would be as a detriment to my medical transition. Um, I um, I have heard, well, one of my friends that I used to live with, she, she was totally honest in her first um, trans appointment with the gender clinic and said that she didn't have total family support and that stopped her dead in her tracks in regards with her medical transition so she had to start again um which oh, then the way support did you say? yeah because you need a very very good support network to embark on this journey apparently um i know some people don't i don't think i could have done it because i had my mum um but yeah you need support because it is such a hard journey to go through on your own and i don't think i would have done it but by her saying that she didn't have total family support she had a few friends but friends Friends aren't as good as family, but we all know in this community, you make your own family. Um, but yeah. because she didn't have parental total support, it really um, inhibited her trans journey. Like they didn't want to give her hormones because um, she wasn't quite there mentally. It was it was, it was was a hard one, but now she has got support. She's restarting the journey. Well, say if, because I know I've, I've talked to you about this, like personally, say mm. if like you have, you literally don't have it like, a blood relation family support but you have a family of friends like we've said as gays you get to create your and I'm saying gays because it's just like the yeah. easy word to say um as gays you get to like create your own family um should you be honest in the sense that to say oh I have a support of, of a family of friends would that be feasible or would you just would you say to stretch the truth a little oh, oh. it's it's so hard because I don't want to like not impact anyone's 
opinions oh, that yeah. kind of thing but obviously if there's someone that is wanting to transition they might not have a family you exactly. just might not have a family so it that would be I think there might be more to that story I don't quite know that's all I've been told that kind of thing but I know that you need a support network so it doesn't have to be blood relatives but as long as you have got a support network that you, you can fall fine. back on yeah yeah no yeah and nobody quote anything that we're saying. Um, no. Like, I still have to like figure it out for myself because mm. I've not yet had hormones or anything yet, uh, which is still pissing me off, but everyone's in the same boat in terms of like here in the UK because America just seems to have it really easy. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, in terms of, but just just going back to what you yeah. said um definitely i did think that if i was to ever bring up my mental health and it wasn't i'm doing absolutely perfectly i'm functioning in society i've got a job i've got friends i've got family i'm doing well i just want to transition if it was anything but that i thought it would have a negative impact and they wouldn't help me as much um, and they'd more shush me over to maybe get some counseling maybe talk about your feelings maybe transitioning isn't the right thing for you maybe you might have other issues going on which we probably all do you know it's it's like the mental health thing is very complex like repressed trauma from younger years or whatever even just like if the puberty teenage years and all of those encounters that i've had weren't all positive that's fucked me up in excuse my french um um um, that has screwed me up in its own way so if i had just been totally open about my mental health i probably would have been told to go get some counseling antidepressants all of that kind of stuff, anti-anxieties, all of that kind of stuff. And then maybe think about transitioning when you've got everything else sorted, because obviously transitioning is a big thing, but I knew I needed to transition, otherwise I wouldn't have long left. So um, it was a definite, my mental health is totally fine. Um, yeah, I just want to transition. That's it, really. At, at that point in time, were you speaking your truth in terms of like saying your mental health was fine for that particular day? um mm, no it was well um so I, I realized I wanted to transition at 18 um and then it was 2014 I went to the GIC so that was like a year before um so yeah it was I, I knew I, like, I was very depressed in myself and um, because as soon as I realized I wanted to transition everything in my life made sense so it was all of the growing up not understanding myself and then the teenage years of um trying to seek validation and hating my body I realized why so it's like as soon as I was given that information um it was a it needs to happen now because this is everything that's come together it all makes sense I need to do this but at the same time because it wasn't that and I was still living how I was that gave me a lot of depression and it was almost like this is the reason why you're depressed so it intensified it almost so even though I was saying I was totally fine in my head mentally I was probably the worst I'd ever been it kind of got to the point yeah no, but, yeah. but at that point when I was seeing the doctors um, I was always um, already living full-time um, so as soon as I realized I was trans um, it, I, was, I was doing drag at first for as a Halloween thing and then it started becoming a lot more regular and then as soon as oh, I went I actually completely forgot to ask you how did you come out oh, oh yeah my gosh, it was, I can't believe that yeah so it was I, I got onto watching RuPaul's Drag Race um at season six so like Adore and all of them um, and, 
Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so I, I really just wanted to be a drag queen for Halloween, just because I thought I sod it. That's brilliant. Um, yeah, so I wanted to do that. So, um, yeah, Halloween, um, I was a slutty devil and um, I had a few. corset, wig, um, and like nine inch boots. So crazy. I'd, I've practiced walking in them for quite a while, but did it. Went to um, quite a well known club, um, big, big, big club. And it was so busy on Halloween that they were hand picking out of the queue who comes in and who doesn't. And they were only letting in girls and they were hand picking the, you know, obviously, yes, they do the most beautiful. And they selected me. And I was like, I need to bring my friends, obviously. But it was straight away, like, I've been fortunate enough, well, kind of, I was a pretty boy, so it was very easy. And because I hadn't, um, I, I hadn't got facial hair or anything like that. So I still had quite a cute face because I developed so late in people, like with puberty. I was very, very late. So I still looked very young. Um, so, yeah, it was quite easy to have that cute face to then put some makeup on it, put a wig on and be a cute girl quite I'm glad easily. Because like with, with I find with a lot of trans people, not all, but a lot, um, tend to like almost defy nature. Like you are so meant to be the woman that you are. Even your body like is like showing it and you're like not even like going down your assigned gender, birth, sex, whatever. And your body's almost rejecting it because I know for me that like it's like kind of like a joke that people say to me like they're like really shocked I'm either not on hormones and then they're like how much more girl can you be even though this isn't a compliment but how much more girl can you be you when you're on hormones you're so you're much more of a girl than me like in physical attributes and it's just yeah. mind-boggling for me to know that I've, I'm so fortunate in having passing privilege that mm. um that I'm just I'm just really like lucky and grateful to like naturally um pass and it's just it's very eye-opening for me that I've not experienced that kind of traumatic thing even though like I did go through like androgyny in terms of like having like my like prince mustache moments yeah. and people were so gung-ho and so like no you're a girl that has facial hair for whatever reason like they were labeling me before I even labeled myself yeah yeah because I think that has made it so much easier to not have the backlash from society obviously you do when like because I'm so open about being trans on the internet and um, I get a lot of backlash from that but I've never once really gone out in public and had someone say something negative unless I've been very very drunk and haven't been the most ladylike um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so it was just that Halloween day of um, just passing straight away, just even in drag. And looking back at it now, I, I made some choices with the makeup, mm -hmm. definitely. I would read myself to filth, um, but I got away with it. And I, it was just the, it was, it was a magical dipping my toe into a whole other world of just how even... Um, men would approach me and before when it was like go, going going to like places like gay and heaven guys would heaven. oh yeah guys would approach you um by groping you and that was their way of they would just grab you in all sorts of places and that was really it and that's how they showed this is what i was meaning about the difference between gay guys yeah, and straight I'm glad guys you said that. yeah um i wasn't meaning like there's a difference between gay guys and straight guys as in like you can tell like obviously when they're camp you can 
you can tell but um i really do that was the difference you, um, even like referring back to that because that just goes to show again your character because i know i knew what you meant but yeah to even bring that up again thank mm -hmm. you Okay, good, thank you. Um, yeah, I'm just very conscious, especially doing the job I do now, um, when things get recorded, not that you ever would, but I'm just dreading the day that I've, because I've, I speak about so many wide topics, um, I've probably said every word in the English language, probably not, got limited vocabulary, but um, enough that someone could edit my speech patterns together and say whatever they want to do. I think that's, um, that's like a, like, I'm going to segue from it just briefly again as i do i like i'm like a tree branches everywhere um <laughs> um i think again like mentioning my spirituality and my journey and i want this podcast just to like focus around that as well like the media it just it's just i'm just so like against it and that's why i don't like subscribe to like newsletters or like read the news like because it's just like full of all crap and just like a skewed distorted vision mm -hmm. and for you to be like very conscious of what you say is great because it shows mm. you care but not it's unfortunate that you have to be like that to the nth yeah. degree because people trolls with no mm. lives like to like portray people in bad lights even though they yeah. know and they've seen the full video but they just want some sort of like clickbait moment that's and, it like, they're five minutes of fame mm. and it's just to that person's detriment and words even though it's online and cyberbullying is such a thing even today like I, I remember back in the day of like me just being effeminate but like even today it's mad that it still exists mm -hmm. however cyberbullying is a thing and I'm glad you um touched upon this because I, I would have almost forgot that um it just goes to show that we're not at the place especially as trans women to like be so vocal without having a backlash or like yeah. just having our opinions because it's always like flipped on us because um people are like no this isn't right um straight guys don't like you um mm -hmm. blah, blah 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 but then when i say to them this is my opinion they just get so offended because they think that they're, they're the only ones entitled to their opinion yeah so i just never get that concept and that 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 thing what is your relationship with social media like do you find it toxic do you turn off do you like i know that you have this like this not persona because it is you it's, it's you to like, like a heightened degree yeah. but um what is your relationship with social media i hate it branding and marketing and all. yeah um i really hate it if if it wasn't my job i wouldn't be on it um like my boyfriend isn't even on facebook has no social media and his life is bliss because of it um so it's um i'm so overcritical, especially transitioning uh, with my parents so seeing photos and photos and photos of beautiful people not obvious well some edited some not whatever it it just puts me under my own microscope and i don't need that ever and especially being in the sex work industry it's very physically your parents very oh my god yeah yeah definitely um because I'm wearing a wig right now because I cut my fringe a bit too short I've been going out of the house I don't care I really could not care less but I was like shaking thinking oh my god I'm gonna be on camera 
I can't be like, it, yeah, it just, you know, so it's things like this. I'm feeling I have to put this on just to feel okay. And that's, that's not right because it's, I know I'm going to get judged for it. Cause if, if it was just us, you know, you'd see me yeah. God, like just falling out of bed, whatever. But because it's not just us, I don't know who's going to see it. I know I'm going to get ridiculed to shit. Possibly, possibly, probably not. Because possibly. We, we not only get ridiculed as girls, we get ridiculed even more as trans girls. Yeah, totally. Like we're put on like, under a magnifying glass to like mm. no that's a man that's a man like it's just I, I I didn't glam up just just for this because I'm at a place in my in my life where again like I am seeking work in terms of like getting rid of like a five o'clock shadow because from what little facial hair I can grow I still have like problematic areas and I'm still like very open and honest about that however I would have come on camera if I wanted to, not to discredit you, but if I wanted to without all this and that on, because I truly am at a place where I, I really do love my face and I love me. And um, I, I do hope that um, you reach that euphoric place. It's a, it's a work in progress, especially mm -hmm. as a transgender woman. Mm. But um, I, I honestly, like even you, you're not even wearing that much makeup like the bare minimum and all I see is like a beautiful soul yeah. above all else yeah and I, the amount of times I've heard that but I just not yeah, no, yeah. you can have yeah. as much words mm -hmm. like thrown at you but you have to believe it yourself and it is it's not a race people forget mm -hmm. that people think with confidence that it happens overnight well people that want to actively be confident but a life lesson I learned from again going back to YouTube and that's how I discovered you again. Um, it's just, it opened so much doors for me and me not having any social life at a very young age because I was so different. I was stuck at home. I was just the freak. Um, I escaped online. So okay. I, I my, my mind was molded by um, YouTubers of past and um, confidence to me it, it was it was just it was just I was just nurtured by these voices and mm. it's, such, it's such a beautiful memory of mine to have to know that there there are content the whole premise of why I'm doing this as well because it's like there's like a voice to say that you can get through this and it doesn't happen overnight you just have to do it in steps and in small doses and it is possible if you put the work in because you can't be like woe is me all the time no but you just have to actively put the work in and um sometimes faking it till you make it works and it's, yeah. it works for some however um i just find that if it truly is you you just you just have to like go for it and just make yourself uncomfortable momentarily just to see that almost prove yourself that you are capable of doing it yeah yeah definitely yeah totally <laughs> no really yeah <laughs> no, like, no i know you're taking it in but it's just like it's just like it's almost like you're like you have to mentally like process it and that's what it is it's just processing it and mm -hmm. like i know because like from what little i do know of you i know that the future is like limitless for you like I, I just I, I already have that feeling and vibe from you that you will get to where you need to be right I get you for sure mm. little gay moment okay. <laughs> the online um, after <laughs> wink wink nudge nudge um so okay 
little little um going back to the original topic if if you weren't let's say kind of morbid land if you weren't to transition if you weren't if that wasn't an option and you came because i know that's a reality for some um trans people unfortunately not over having a support system from their blood relatives or even a support network that they've created of their own because none of it's an option and they've been like shunned and told no if you weren't to transition do you think you'd be here sitting and talking definitely not um it was um like you were saying about you the escapism online. Uh, I think I was um, probably a little bit older than you um, in that I didn't I didn't have that yet. Um, so my escapism was in the narcotic kind of side of things, um, especially when I was being that promiscuous. Um, I was getting in with the wrong crowds that weren't only promiscuous; they were also promiscuous with narcotics, and. I found that was my escape and it, it was getting dangerous, really badly scary for me. Um, I, I don't know how I managed to keep it from my mum, but it, it was getting scary for me. Um, and yeah, just, it, I, it it was on a downward spiral. Um, it, it was becoming a problem in, in that I was- How did you, because uh, I know like being of that land, Mm. um how did you i like so because some people can almost like cite themselves into believing that it's not a problem so they just like keep on going what if you can go into it what was the signs when did you say no i need to because being sober or like not even being sober but just like restricting yourself and like cutting away i feel like with advice from that um would really help people so what was it for you Oh, you've frozen. Oh, no. I think you're back now. Okay, good. Um, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, what did you say? Where did it cut off? Um, it, I think you were asking, like, when was that point that I knew that it was getting yeah, too much? I feel like, yeah, because I feel like it could help people in your experience. Uh, it was honestly... Um, finding out that I was trans and it's it that was my my light bulb moment because like I said previously um I've never been that strong in order to say enough is enough give the middle finger you've got your life to live yeah yeah that um yeah I, I never really found that voice um so it was kind of a um oh, I think I'm trans, let's try this. And that was me thinking, oh my gosh, I'm not actually that depressed. Well, I, it was it was putting a label to my depression that I could then channel all of that passion, well, not passion, but depressive passion, if that was the thing, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, um, into my transition. And that's what's propelled me and made me fight so hard for this because it was going down such a... A steep downward slope and I was losing control of it that it was a oh my god this might be it everything needs to go towards this so that that was really my moment was just finding that I'm trans um because yeah I, I was putting myself in dangerous situations and I was getting hurt physically and I didn't care and it was just scary so it was we needed a up because there wasn't going to be one otherwise when you um discovered the word trans what stigma mm. was built around that what what did you know what trans was even at that point i knew it was like associated with like dirty transvestite mm. i don't know if this is like 
the politically incorrect thing to say or transsexual. I, I don't like being referred to as a transsexual or transvestite. Personally, I just feel like that's just fetishizing what already is such a fetish and taboo subject anyway. When did you first discover this? Um, I really, well, um, the whole trans label, she male, all of that kind of yeah. stuff came from porn. Um, yeah. that, you know, that's that's where you see it from first because it wasn't, it isn't socially it's acceptable. There. Yeah. So the, I came out as trans the year before Caitlyn Jenner. So it wasn't even in the media, any of that kind of stuff. Um, so it was, yeah, the only thing I'd heard about trans was in porn. And I honestly didn't even think they were real people, which sounds bizarre and disgusting in my head now but I literally thought people were just doing it for porn and like I know in in some countries where money is hard to come by and um, transitioning for the financial gain can be an incentive to do it yeah you know like you might not be trans but by sticking a pair of fake tits on and having sex with people for money that is a way that you can support your family where you might never be able to Are so really I I really, really, really like want to as well, like take this time to say that a cross-dresser is not a transgender woman. Like I just like I feel like that's one of the most damaging things of like um, to be labelled as when you're when you're trans and when you're like proving yourself that not only for, for you, because you already know you yourself that you are a woman, but when you're having to go out of your way to shake the unshakable, mm. when being referred to as a cross-dresser, that is a complete different entity. It's like how you just said, like slapping on a pair of fake tits, that's a cross-dresser. There, there needs to be that differentiation and that line. Um, yeah. yeah, it's just, it, it, it bothers me to the nth degree that so many um, heteronormative people um, label trans women as cross-dressers or associate that almost with being transgender. Yeah so that really I think stems from um, obviously everyone that's ever known of a trans person um, first sees it from the well back in my time oh my god I'm old um, you know back in my time it was because of porn and porn is sexual so you and the whole lady boy thing like in Thailand yeah, yeah. That's it. So it's it's sexual. It's sexual, sexual, sexual. Um, are we doing it to be sexual? Which then gets conflated with the cross-dressing sissy community that are purely doing it to be sexual and finding dressing up in tight tights and stockings and panties sexual. And that's what they're getting off on. That kind of thing is very different to I am a woman. You know, it's not a, I'm getting off on wearing tights and stockings to feel sexy. Well, sometimes you do when you when you, when, you, when you look in the mirror and you're in nice lingerie and you do feel sexy, but it's because you feel sexy in yourself. It's not because you're wearing those items yeah. that you see as sexy, but because everyone's seen it from such a sexualized pornographic um, viewpoint, it gets all shoved in together. So I've people have well, yeah, it's I've I've been well, I've been it, I've been worried at some points when. Um, not being around kids but when parents see me and they're with their kids it's almost like predatory in a sense of do they think I'm being sexual by being me you know and it's I'm obviously I'm in the sex work industry so I'm very sexual but I'm sexual like anyone else is I'm not sexual in a seedy way space exactly appropriateness list <laughs> appropriate listeners um but yeah that kind of thing i'm not transitioning it's not a kink for me to be trans 
it is for other people oh god my god that is my income is people thinking i'm a kink it's kinky that i'm trans they love that but in me i'm not doing it to be kinky that kind of thing and that's no, where there's a strong yeah and i'm glad you i'm glad you clarified that as well um mm. do you know what stuck out to me for what you said and i think I, I, i'm a very person of like where i like latch onto things that really really strike me and i will remember for life so i thank you for this um you harnessed your transition and that's i found that a running theme throughout your youtube content where yeah. you give advice and you help people um because we're being like shit talked yet we are one of the booming topics of this mm. not even just porn industry but like of like suddenly the normal media like yeah. trans being more normalized just for like fetishized at the same time it's a mm -hmm. constant battle but you are harnessing your transition you're making yeah. the most of it while it's just being like put in the forefront and mm -hmm. i really really appreciate you as a person and for you to like even say those words i'm very big on phrases words sentences um structured in a way where it impacts so much mm. why why what made you come to that realization and why did you say that basically um well it's it's mainly and well like what like i was trying to say before a little bit was um like in in thailand and all of that where you might be really struggling in your family as a boy not knowing how to provide for your family but feeling you have to to then have that that this this world of lady boys that you could potentially get yourself into by giving yourself some fake boobs to then be fetishized but make a lot of money to provide for your family that is some people's only option yeah. and um it's obviously not comparing anything that i've been through to that i couldn't imagine it but um i feel like trans people are almost pushed into sex work because for me, when I when I was so depressed um, in my early transition, um, I couldn't hold a nine to five job because there were days I couldn't get out of bed, um, like drugs, um, wouldn't wake up for work or whatever, but I, I couldn't hold down a nine to five. So I, my only real way to make money, I guess, well, I was at university learning, but that wasn't making me money. Um, but the amount, it, it's so lucrative to be fetishized. Um, yeah. If you provide someone a sexual fantasy when they're in that moment, the possibilities are endless. Um, and obviously, by being in the pornography industry, I found it was quite lucrative. And um, webcamming for me was almost a step back in terms of uh, it, it was it wasn't a further stretch for me. Um, but I found that being fetishized, I'm going to be fetishized regardless. I'm trans, um, I'm like an attractive girl that might have a bit of extra to a straight man that might be questioning or might be wanting something a bit more. Um, it's very much more acceptable to them to go for a beautiful girl. Oh, but they've got something extra, but nobody's going to know about that. So keep that on the quiet. Um, that having people like that, um, they're willing to pay for the, not pay for the experience but pay for the experience and it it's you, there aren't many of us that, well, in society yeah. so you know what i mean also, so, not, or even so like forthcoming because i know mm -hmm. um there there's a thing such as going um under the radar of with your transition yeah. of like the i forgot the proper like stealth, stealth that's stealth. it that's yeah. it um i've had like the privilege of like 
being stealth without even trying to be stealth. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so like it's it just it, like it it just comes in. the thing is i can't i literally to this day can't wrap my head around of like how because i couldn't think twice about doing this now but like how i would walk around like i've said previously with a mustache but like beat and like out the door like mm. i'm surprised i'm not dead let's just put mm. it that way yeah. um but like yeah so like yeah it's just like being trans is just like just a just a human protest yeah it, it really is and it like obviously with passing privilege life is made easier but that doesn't in any way lessen the struggle for you as a person like everyone's everyone's experience is unique and it's unique to their situation so obviously i know um that people that don't pass are going to have a harder time in society but at the same time i've had my own issues that obviously it is no more no less but yeah it is less in a sense of I can walk out the, the road and not have comments, which I don't, that, that you know I don't what, um, be strong um, enough for. Sorry to cut you off. Do you know mm -hmm. what I've learned um, as well? One piece of solid advice um, that I've just built up from like reading or like podcasts or like whatever. Um, I've learned that, um, and I told my friend this, that we shouldn't um, like weigh or like judge anyone's problems because to them, even if on just by paper, it might be like small. However, they still feel the same emotion. That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. So like, yeah, basically that. And that's what I want to like convey through this whole thing. Mm -hmm. Like we still feel the same emotion, no matter how much trials and tribulations we've gone through on paper, we still feel the same thing. Definitely. Because I find even within the trans community, there's a, not conflict, but there's definite angst between those who might have it easier than those who don't. And um, it, yeah, like it could be a pinprick to you, but to like, not a mouse, but a mouse that squished them, that kind of thing, it's all relative. Um, but yeah, so me me leaving the house when I was first starting transitioning, um, I, I wasn't I didn't I didn't have the passing privilege and um, I had an anxiety attack in Tesco's and had to get shushed off into the pharmacy department um, just so a lady could lady could talk to me and just calm me down which was lovely um, but for some people I'm, they can't I'm so sorry to hear that no, no fine fine it was I was I'm, I'm, I'm just anxious as it is and yeah. I was very very much overhyped my first like leaving the house it was literally a trip to tesco's to get some food um but someone looked at me and i felt clocked you know it's that 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 unknown especially back then where it isn't as acceptable as it is now um i didn't know if i was going to get killed if someone realized yeah. that kind of feeling obviously it's not that bad in the uk um i've only had one physical instance and that was with a drunk man um because of me being trans and that was his own issues not me um but definitely it, it, sorry dogs just gone nuts um it, yeah it, it was it's just that of um i've just carried my anxiety through from the beginning of my transition about how people would perceive me but now i am quite possible uh passing work for the word is um I, I, I can appreciate it a lot more um, because back in the day, I did wear wigs and I didn't know the difference between a yakky texture and that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. So there's me rocking this wig that really did not look like it should be on my head. Um, 
and yeah just people people did give me the looks but I was in that pink trans bubble of I'm untouchable at the time yes um, that's a thing that is such a thing I wish I'd kept that I don't know when it goes away but if you if you're in that pink it's like bubble, a honeymoon phase honestly it's like it is where you think yeah. you are the yeah are the shit that was like, it yeah and then it just mm-hmm. like you look back and you're like wow I, I left the house like that very I much did. I thought that was <laughs> oh yeah yeah like I, I couldn't do it now if if you stick me back then I would not have the confidence so it's almost like I've lost confidence but I haven't I've almost gained gained real sight but you know that kind of thing but not um yeah no yeah no I completely understand what everything you're saying and it's just it's just mad like as humans like we can be put through so much and I can't stress it enough that mm-hmm. we come to the same place like maths even though I hate it so many like fucking like um equations and mm. you just lead back to the same answer it's like yeah. um for me it's like going through all of this going through being passable um and like discovering what femininity means to me and redefining it almost um it's like i've heard as well this saying as well of basically a journey of coming back home to yourself because you're exploring the world and you're exploring femininity and at first you leave the door and everything and then you get thrown out like by social media by this and that like you've mentioned like seeing mm-hmm. things and like glamorous people like stick thin models etc etc of what a woman is and like plastered all over so- social media and then just like really discovering what it means and then coming back all the way home while trying to of like you at your inner core of like you without all of this and that on the makeup this and that basically your inner child I'm, I'm very big on like inner child work um and um you at your purest form like just I think it's just like beautiful of like coming back to you yes you like when you were younger but without a care in the world but mm-hmm. you as a girl because you were you were you were a girl but you were just told otherwise yeah that's been it for me it's the transition it's a change you're changing from a boy to a girl you need to change 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 whereas no I was and I am and it was that it was needing to learn that for myself and because I in the beginning I had a wig on a full face of makeup heels clothes all of that that were stereotypical women things to do or whatever that obviously not but in my head like the image of a woman I wanted to be a beautiful woman high feminine it was almost basically drag doing too much it was drag it really was drag um yeah because i yeah doing my drag it wasn't i wasn't great with makeup so it was just little things but it was drag um whereas stripping it all back now um i like i'll go on a dog walk no makeup no hair boyfriend's clothes more than anything and I've never been more of a woman you know it's it's stripping it back and getting back to yourself and transitioning isn't about changing yourself and changing what you are it's about learning who you are and um yes you might change bits of your body that might not agree with you that kind of thing along the way but it's way more learning about yourself and when people see people that like me have finished my surgical transition and look up to me and think god your life must be perfect now I'm still me in my head and I'm still getting there with appreciating myself for me and getting back to that inner child of that person that is just me because I've all of the shit that's thrown on you from society and all of that all of this 
big long transition of changing myself changing myself changing myself actually no I'm fine as myself and it's just a journey of self-acceptance more than a journey of changing your body and changing everything about yourself to then be an opposite gender whereas you are literally you and just anything that decorates it is irrelevant really that yeah. kind of stuff yeah no like yeah and um going back to like just briefly about like the whole social media thing and like in in terms of what we've just discussed it's like mm. i'm hyper aware if of everything i've been through of my in in my life of like the way i'm presenting myself the way um yeah i'm just like marketing myself to have a better life for myself That's i'm it. like i'm like i'm like presenting myself I always have this imagery of like Cindy Lou of being wrapped up in by the Grinch of in that uh, you know in the, <laughs> in the beginning of the movie and just being wrapped up um I, I imagine myself as that like I'm, I'm I'm being very decorative with my body because it is it does make me happy and it's it's a it's healthy for me to do that and I find joy in doing it and I find joy without doing it but the premise of me doing it as well is because it's lucrative it, it it's marketable mm -hmm. um me without it is not as marketable at the moment um and these topics need to be discussed because i'm aware of what i am doing i'm very very hyper aware Good. of it yeah. and um it's just it is unfortunate that this is what attracts people but mm -hmm. what i find is that you need to have substance and sustenance you yes. need to have a message behind that pretty face face because beauty fades and what 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 message are you trying to like convey what are you trying to so say if, yeah well done you've like got people you've got the attention of people but five seconds in you might not have like barely anything meaningful meaningful to say so i'm very very hyper aware of what i'm putting out what i'm doing what i'm this and that and that and the other because mm -hmm. unfortunately especially for us we have to especially if we're in the entertainment industry in whatever capacity we have to market us our market ourselves as like deemable or worthy yeah yeah so with with my industry um when you go on the main homepage, you see all of these beautiful people in thumbnails and obviously being that person that's looking for a quick mm -mm, um, you're going to click on the best looking one. So I very much feel that pressure to be looking a certain way. But as soon as they've clicked on that, as, as soon as they've done their thing, they're going to be gone. But the way to get where I am in my industry is having that substance. And a thumbnail is only a thumbnail, but the rest of you is what is going to keep people there and that kind of thing. Um, but at the same time, I very much at the start of the in, in being in the industry um, found that yes, I was getting a lot of validation for how I was looking, but then that was also pressuring me into elevating how I was looking in order to get more approval and blah yeah. blah blah blah. I can imagine from the starting point to now that there have been like phases, and um, especially with the looks and stuff. Yeah, and it, it, I've got a very controversial opinion, which I'm not very vocal about because I don't want to, it, it's, it's like you were saying earlier, you don't want to be misconstrued. And I never, because I've, I've got my platforms, I don't want to be a voice that is detrimental to the trans community, but at the same time, I've still got my opinions. Um, Live your and, truth, basically. Yeah, um, but it, my truth being, uh, we are 
given all of these things at our fingertips to help us change but it's the mind that we need to come to terms with and learn to appreciate ourselves more and that could so be taken the wrong way as in like don't change your body learn to live yourself as a male absolutely no I'm not a male um I'm a girl but we're almost spoon-fed a transition journey that might not always be meant for us if that makes sense like yes you want to elevate yourself and decorate yourself to make yourself more um not appealing but to fit in with society a bit more yeah digestible that's it to be more digestible so you're almost spoon-fed this journey of what a woman is and what it means to be a woman and if you want to be a woman you need to do these things and I'm telling you from someone that has reached that end point it's not the one um and that will be an eventual YouTube video possibly if I'll get there I want to get there eventually but um work on yourself and spend as much time as you can in your head processing things before you change your body because you never know that like your inner child without crying my inner child would never dream of doing the things I've done to my body do you know what I mean and if I was Hermione at the age of year six like age, age of six being appreciated and being me I'd probably be a totally different person if that makes sense I'm where I am now wouldn't change a thing in the world um but I feel very much now seeing younger the younger gen z the younger generation coming up and being appreciated well not appreciated but walking through life with a middle finger up to the world being perfect as they are as a person I'm a woman appreciate me as I am take me as I am or don't take me at all kind of thing not feeling like they need to change themselves so so much in order to fit in with people that don't care about them you know I'm so so glad you said that and like yeah it's like you almost like broke me down for a second um because I I, like I said I'm very big on like my spiritual journey and stuff like that but I'm so glad you said that um really take your time and I I think that's like as much as I like give like like I'm quite angry but not and thankful that there is a waiting list for um UK um really do reflect on your choices and what what you're doing for yourself and Mm. not being spoon-fed as you said because would your inner child want a designer vagina um would your inner child want large breasts would your inner child want this and that? Like, fair enough, you are a woman, but really, really think about these life-altering things to your yeah. body physically. Just don't sell yourself short. That's don't it. Sell out. And uh, but it, it's it's awful because I was back there li- with with these years of time to process my emotions, blah blah blah. blah but all you can think is the next appointment. It's yeah. it's. You can't think of anything else but the next appointment, getting those signatures, getting those hormones, all of this, everything. You just can't focus on anything because you know so much that's what you want, but you haven't been in the person's at the end point's shoes, if, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, like, no, if, if you could jump forward 10 years and see where you are and talk back to yourself, you would, obviously, but hindsight's twenty twenty. Um, but for me, it was always my first thing I knew I needed to do was to have SRS it, because to me, growing up before the age of trans people being accepted, you're either a man or you're a woman. 
boys have penises, girls have vaginas. If I want to be a woman, I can't have a penis. And that was ingrained in me from society, obviously. My parents didn't ever really mention my genitals, but to me, I knew that if I wanted to be a woman, I had to have a vagina. Is that my own thoughts? I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Why? When, when, when I was a child wanting to be Hermione, I didn't care what was in between my legs. I didn't even really know kind of thing, the differences. You know, I'd never seen a vagina at the age of six. So why, when, when did my head change that I really, really I makes you question? It really it makes you question like everything can basically like words, this and that, associating things with mm -hmm. this and that, like boy, blue, girl, pink makes you totally. think if everything was reprogrammed in a slightly different way where the genitalia is just the me first, on the planet yeah would yeah. i be actually content but okay i would still be a girl but would i be content with my said genitalia and i love that social media is in a place even though i give it so much like stick right now um i'm glad that there's like a voice for especially on twitter um for trans girls with <laughs> for trans girls with with what is it with the genitalia assigned at birth it's just genital confidence yeah um and they're still a woman with that yeah like it's just so inspiring to know that they are content they're happy they've made their informed decision at a young age yeah so i'm really glad yeah. that because that is that is a thing that i think university as people we think or without thinking and it's just there mm. definitely yeah, because I, I envy the people in my industry that, well, they might not be in themselves, yeah. but they appear to be happy in their own bodies. And being someone that even fully transitioned still isn't, um, seeing people that appear to be content in themselves with their gender identity and bodies is something that I wish I could have. And like, I, it's but having that YouTube voice of wanting to be that positive person um, and I know mine isn't, which is what's made my YouTube journey so difficult. Um, I want to be that positive voice because I didn't have one um, to tell me, like to tell people that it's going to be good um, and that all of this is going to be there. But for me, it hasn't been so well. It has and it hasn't. So, um, like uh, with my YouTube, yes. um, I very much wanted it to be the positive trans journey that everyone wants to find on YouTube because back when I was transitioning it was really only Gigi um and Princess Jules. Princess Jules and um, Princess Jules and for me as well because I um I'm, I'm presuming I'm presuming I'm younger than you. Um I'm twenty six. <laughs> yeah I'm twenty one. Um yeah. I, I grew up with Gigi, Princess Jules, and Elena, motherfucking Genevieve. Like, yeah. yeah, I grew up with that. I grew up with um, Nikita Dragon before she was Nikita. Nikita. Yeah, Nick. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was really with the whole SRS thing was Princess Jules, and yeah. that, that so was it. Yeah. But that was it, and yeah. that was quite a couple of years into my transition already that she had hers so it was there really wasn't anything out there to help me with my informed decision so it was very much 
my my path was forced not forced oh um feels like it um my path was decided for me by society and what it means to be a woman yeah. so i didn't really have any information of the negatives that could potentially happen with it because princess jules seems that she she was fine you know and loving life after so i was thinking cool that's my light at the end of tunnel um there wasn't really anyone with the negatives and obviously there's some horror stories on the internet but they're not people they're just words on a screen on a forum so you don't really take much notice of that so I know with my journey on YouTube I would need to be more transparent to be that other voice potentially um just but when you when you are ready don't I feel like if you force yourself you'll produce content that yeah you're helping people but you're not at that place to public publish it's 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 a very for me a very selfish place of if I went there I don't know what that would have um, an effect on my career mm. if if that makes sense yeah, because I am that person that's fully transitioned and I can do some amazing things on camera but you know I wouldn't want someone then to YouTube me to then hear horror stories you know what I mean. Can, I don't know. It's it's very much I would need to disconnect from my Ruby Fiera and get more into my me person. But my me person doesn't have a platform at all. So it's a very much of a I it's I will probably end up doing it as a detriment, potential detriment to my career. But I know that looks fade, whatever. It doesn't matter. Me getting my actual message and substance um, out there is more important to the world than my appearance. So I will get there. It's just it's about just longevity as well. I know. I know yeah. how, how why what your um what what your line of work and possibly hopefully mine too one day solidified. Um, your line of work is lucrative in the sense that it's a video you've recorded and yeah. that can spiral spiral forever however long you want to keep obviously it will still be kept on the internet whatever stays on the, whatever published stays on the mm. internet but yeah it's it, there's so much longevity in the line of work that you do anyway mm. however i get what you mean of like showing the real you could be a possible hindrance unfortunately because people come to my chat room for the fantasy that I provide, um, they don't want to know my mental health history. They don't want to know about my depression. They don't want to know all of those things, you know. But by me putting it out there on YouTube with the same name, um, people have seen those videos before they've come to my chat room. So they come to my chat room with that information and start talking about things that might be in my YouTube that I really don't want them to be talking about when I'm working, you know what I mean? But there is no disconnect and I can't... I, I love my chat room in that I get trans people coming into my room that are seeing a post-op vagina for their first time. And, and I know that you actually that do, um, you, you've mentioned to me as well that you do um, um, chat rooms just like in your hoodie and just talking to the camera, yeah. which I think is amazing. Mm. Yeah, definitely. But the, the whole physical thing, I'm also not only doing it for the sexual thing for the people that want the sexual, but I'm that trans person that is totally open about my experiences with my body, that I can help people see what things could yeah. potentially be like. Um, so it's quite an educational thing for people that come into my chat room if they are trans as well. Um, so, but there's that disconnect of I'm giving a fantasy I'm the perfect being to yeah. the 
please don't come into my chat room and see my vagina, see me doing things to it and think, oh my God, that is the end goal. Because if you were to speak to me, I'll give you all the nitty gritty dirty shit that you don't probably would put you off, that kind of stuff. But I'm not going to ever tell you that in my chat room because that's where I'm working. So my YouTube will be more of a talking about the... It'll be like, it'll it'll be not to say that it isn't you because that is an extension of you, but it's another extension of you where it's your voice rather than your looks predominantly. Yeah, like that side of things is my sugar-coated perfection that I portray. Like it's my Instagram me, you know, whereas you know nobody on Instagram is as happy as they're looking or feeling or whatever, or the different angles, you know, everyone's skinny's got fat rolls, that kind of stuff, but they're not going to show you that there. But if it's, it's like the body positivity people that will take a photo of themselves with some fat rolls and be like, I'm human too. And you get so much praise for that. But it's like, oh, come on, that is you still looking good. Where's the real bad stuff? They're never even going to show you that. They'll show you the snippet of the bad stuff because that's what they can bear to give you that kind I'm of thing. I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm so, so, like, in love with that, that you're saying that because that's my, that's one of my biggest, like, things about social media because it's like it's it lacks even when you're trying to be transparent it just it, it lacks that tra- that that full transparency oh, because yeah. um with 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 what I'm trying to do here as well she's present um so as the, I think I was saying um so that goes just back to like my thoughts on like and I'm really like again so glad no have your stitch have it I'm thirsty as well um so I think it was just like um, just going back to like the whole like having a theme, having like this and like like just the look of the overall look of your page, etc. That's why I'm just so more than more than happy. I'm at a place where I can just like plop in um, something that just doesn't fit into my theme necessarily. I'm just like yeah. very nonchalant with it at the moment because I just I don't care that much anymore like as mm. much as I used to because it's just like so drilled into you that you need it to be a portfolio. I think a really glamorous screenshot of you. No, I haven't <laughs> screenshot it but it's stuck there. Oh there we go. I think you're back. back. I think so. Yeah you're back. Okay so um, it's almost basically like it's become like a basically a portfolio that I'm just happy to like cut down and like again going back to the um the the roles of that um yeah I think um I just want to get to a place where even I will admit that I I have stopped I I still like instinctively do think about that like with like body positive like conscious things I need to have that honest and open discussion even with myself about like what the hell? Why? Why do I care so much still? And I'm already so far ahead. Am I that far ahead? If I'm still caring about what I'm putting out there, like, why does it matter? Nobody really cares that much. If you really think mm. about it, I need to be that open and honest with myself to say, if I'm so transparent, if I want to be that honest and open, I shouldn't really give a toss. Like, it's good to feel good in a picture, but you need to. If you're if you're claiming to be so transparent, then be it yeah well that's that's just it and oh my god if if it was if my if if my job wasn't my appearance I would be um totally um yeah but it is very much that of 
Um, well, even still, I know I can turn up on um, my live stream with no makeup on and still do okay, but it is that initial screen um, thumbnail, yeah. that like really shallow thumbnail of holy shit, look at her. Um, <laughs> wow, toot my own horn much. Um, but that 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 is what people are going for. And it's the pressure of that plus society. Well, it was even me thinking it's, ah, oh, I've got such a love-hate relationship with my own face in... Um, a bizarre way of um i haven't had any work done to my face and um i don't want to but and i don't think i need to i know objectively i don't need to but i i, I know i would if it was at my fingertips like i've said about the whole if 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 ffs was just given to you on the nhs i would do it not not because of like someone else is paying for it or anything but because it's an option whereas for me i know like i'm terrified every surgery i've had has gone wrong in one way or another so um doing my face is just terrifying i've heard really big horror stories for that because it's not just trans people that do their face um but for me um transitioning i was i was a boy and now i'm changing to a girl so i've had to change how i look so that people perceive me differently whereas eight years into my transition i know that without a face of makeup on nobody still ever clocks me so it's not my face that needs to be changed it's how i see myself Mindset. yeah exactly but um like I, in the beginning i wouldn't leave the house without a full face of makeup on because i thought if i didn't have any makeup on people would see the boy that is me that i'm trying to transition from um, and yeah. i'm still there like I, I can have a shower and then sit in front of my mirror to get ready and think holy shit, that's a boy and what does that even mean but in my head it's so debilitating um and it floors me some days and that's so bizarre that i know i know a few girls that have had ffs just to get out of that dysphoria that they've changed their face it's not a boy's face anymore it's now a girl's face because i've had ffs you know and it was that's it yeah definitely um and it's the same for my me, my chest um like i i was a just touching on a b cup but that was a boy chest because i hadn't got implants yet and that was a really weird effed up opinion to have but it was what i had and, and that was how i felt and now looking back at old photos of me with my cute little homegrown you know b cup nearly um I think it's amazing that my body could do that and I'm so proud of that but yet again I cut myself up and changed it you know yeah. so it's like why did like it, in, in the grand scheme of things if I wasn't in the adult industry having big boobs wouldn't be a good thing but even in the adult industry everyone's got big fake boobs it's expected and almost it's the girls that are more natural that do better not do better but you know it's almost like they're appreciated more for being natural in a sense but at the same time the people that aren't natural are it's very much catch-22 but um yeah like looking like sat here now it's it's very much like when you've got something um that you've wanted if it doesn't meet the expectations it's 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 like a weird weird headspace because it's like for me having big boobs was a I, I wanted to be a woman and having boobs was such an important thing to that Kate Moss you know you know models models with no boobs they are no yeah. less of a woman than a woman with big boobs but to me to be a woman I needed boobs and I put having boobs on such a pedestal whereas I'm sat Especially here now in the porn world 
especially porn world yeah but I'm sat here now with my boobs and thinking in my day-to-day life of being me what are these doing for me you know what I mean what good you feel indifferent in almost life? like you've accomplished it totally. like you're like now what like this and, like, and, and what yeah exactly and but it, it was such a I need to do this I need yeah. these so I like need these I would do anything for one these. thing off the, off the other like exactly. what you've been fed to to believe of what a woman is and you've touched upon two things that light bulb moment for me it's like again with the whole like spiritual journey thing I, mm-hmm. I've, I've ridded myself of saying damaging damaging things like oh my gosh I look like a man today or like mm-hmm. um I, I, this is like an inside joke for me and, and my friends um again like with makeup I'm like I have a very healthy outlook and relationship with it now and it's still an ongoing journey especially with like um covering up my five o'clock shadow on a daily um it's not that bad but it's noticeable to me so I'm just like blowing it out of proportion mm-hmm. um so with with that um I have like an ongoing theme of like joking about like having wearing fake lashes all the time because I that will used to be like my rule of thumb of like a lashes a, a face do make so um I was like once I took it off I would be like to all my friends oh my god what a man <laughs> to myself yeah, yeah. so it's very damaging and toxic things that I'm feeding to my body and like yeah. words are so impactful so I'm believing my own lies and mm. I'm, I, I'm I'm a very on a path of like no I'm not I'm just as beautiful of a woman without these pair of freaking fake eyelashes that mm. yeah that it's just like it's just being very good to myself and again what you met, met like mentioned about um oh sorry <laughs> oh! <laughs> she climbed up my leg with her claws yeah so cute but what you um mentioned about like um again like how we've been talking about like would we have these things if we didn't like be programmed to think that way um my friend when I first like announced it to the world because it's so dramatic it has to be so dramatic it um, so. yeah um <laughs> When I announced it, um, he was like to me, Shauna, just make sure that you're getting a vagina because you want it, not because of boys. Totally. Because I was so like Lana Del Rey, boys, boys, boys. Like, um, yes, that was that was a running theme of my life, like validation from boys. So it did make me think, but then like I was like, no, I really do want it for myself. However, that was the main part of it as well. Mm-hmm. So just being really honest with yourself that I find is hard but it needs to be done especially with big life commitments yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> no really and uh, really take a step back and not weigh it up but what you've been just challenge everything of, of your thought processes not not like a are you sure it's not a that at all it's a why why do you feel like this it's not it's not even a do you feel like this it's a why do you what has led you to believe this that kind of thing because yes definitely to me girls have vaginas boys have penises anything in between that is either like a freak of nature or is something someone's doing as a kinky something weird you know what I mean um so yeah girls with penises that is just a porn thing that's not a real person blah 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 um that where that came from don't know because my mum's definitely not that person um but yeah they're very that and then um who you're 
getting this information from as well, especially relationships, me being a girl um, and knowing that I like men, that is on paper heterosexual, you know, but then being faced with men that find me incredibly attractive for face value, but then finding out that I've got different genitalia to be then totally 180, um, that is another thing of oh my god maybe there is something wrong with me there you know um because i know i like men i know i'm a woman but this thing is in the way of that so fix that we'll then be perfect and get what we want that kind of thing but it's that is that's what who 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 says that do you know what i mean so it's you need to do it for you i know i didn't do it for me um but i did do it for me yeah I did it I did it for the voice I did it to shut up the voice in my head yeah. that was against me. I didn't do it for my inner child to be happy if that makes sense. Well, I know I I completely understand and resonate with that to the end mm. degree. Um I feel like without even like realizing this thought process everyone that is trans innately goes through this possibly and hopefully it's it's a better thought process of being trans in in the years to come however mm. unfortunately i know that this is our reality but mm. segueing it back to um the order of things i'm so sorry we didn't touch upon um how you got into chatterbait because i know that's okay. a huge part of your um yeah. you as a performer how did how did that come about why why that platform Oh, uh, it was really, um, <laughs> it was, uh, it, it was not by accident, but by accident and not from a bright place. It was, um, I, so I was still in my early transition phase, kind of, um, working not at this point, well, I was working in a bar and it was a very, very high paced, very much. I was doing 12 hour shifts on my feet, very, very active, not much sleep. So things to help me stay awake a bit longer were wonderful, um, <laughs> you know, um, and uh, I got into the wrong crowd and I had a friend who was a webcam model and I met her through just a e evenings party let's say um that she was just there and she was like you're hot why aren't you doing this <laughs> literally that um you know um and that was really it she signed me up to a couple of websites and then I stuck with the one that worked for me and that was really it but I knew sex work I've done porn it's like not much of a stretch let's give it a go I'll probably make more money there than I am in this bar and that was really it but I, I didn't know what I am now would come from it, but it's a very lucky thing, really. Definitely. And yeah. as you've said, like, I know that you mentioned in your videos that um, you have such a loyal fan base, a, a community, mm. and you were almost worried that once you made the change that um, you were going to lose that. However, it actually wasn't the case, and you've doubled in size and growth and yeah so well for yourself which is a message of itself that people do care and like resonate almost. It, it's been it's, uh, it's been a shift um it, it's 
obviously like being in that industry you get the ones that fetishize you they yeah. went yeah they definitely went so it was really only the ones that were there for me for my personality because i am mostly personality i'm not the most sexual person that uh, like you knowing me you wouldn't stick me in this industry let's say that but um yeah so the ones that were fetishizing me for being a girl with a penis they obviously left because i wasn't then a girl with a penis but the ones that stayed with me were for there for my personality but then i then opened the niche of being the only visible post-op trans girl on that website that not only well there's a couple but some don't speak um some don't speak english that kind of thing and it's very much an english spoken website so um me being the most visible the most open and the most physical with my new anatomy i'm literally the only person of my kind on the website and i've been and I like that you said that nobody was really doing what you were doing which is Absolutely. why you, you you were singled out in such a beautiful light and manner and it's very mm. inspiring and where do you think that um such where do you think you becoming a voice for people and just being that that helping hand comes from because my relationship with you just really just standing started randomly and you being so like forthcoming and helpful for me at a time of place of where I was so unsure like again thank you for that um but where do you think that comes from um it came from me not having that um like obviously I've had my mom she's the best thing that's ever happened in my transition journey but she was just as clueless as I was in the beginning like the only time she had come across a trans person was in porn so when I'm saying I'm trans she was like oh really like not all really but no no not, I get, there was yeah. never that moment but she she didn't have um like be, being a parent you've got the skills to help your child grow into an adult and she didn't have the information I needed kind of thing so she was trying her best god she went on mermaids and she was speaking to so many different people on the internet to try and find out how she could help me because she didn't know so we were very much there together trying to work out what my journey was going to be what to do kind of thing like that and um I'd never met anyone else that was trans and I'd really only found Princess Jules and Gigi I couldn't speak to them so I didn't have a person that I can ask questions to about the journey that I'm potentially embarking on, any tips, tricks, kind of things. I didn't know anyone. Like I reached out to Princess Jules and Gigi. Obviously, didn't hear back because I'm 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 a drop in the ocean. But I, I didn't have anyone else other than my mum who was trying her best, but just didn't have the information. And then it was really just the gender identity clinic who had this um, conveyor belt of a transition plan for me. That was my information so that's all i had to go by so i've gone down that conveyor belt i'm now here at the end dropped at the end that is the one thing i love the gic thank you for the help but once you're done that's it you're no longer with them i got discharged um straight away after having my gender reassignment surgery genital reassignment not gender reassignment you can't reassign a gender um genital reassignment surgery as soon as i had that done i was discharged from the gender clinic and that was my only support network space. really oh yeah well it, it's not in the sense of you're waiting yeah. and waiting yeah. and waiting yeah. and jumping through these hoops after hoops after hoops but once you've jumped through the last hoop they drop you oh, and there's no follow-up care after that like once i was handed over to mind. yeah mm -hmm. 
not once, not not a mention, nothing. Um, it was literally Dr. Bellringer who did my surgery. Um, I, I've had my checkups with him after obviously checking I'm physically okay, but he's only there for my physical miss. Yeah. He's not there for my head. There's been no one there for my head. And the complications that I've been through for my this, if I didn't have my mum, I wouldn't be here. So yes, me going through my transition has been the best thing for me, but God damn, you need more help. You can't put someone through genital surgery to then drop them. It's basically a massacre down there. It is, yeah, totally, totally. But you can't put someone through that and then drop them and expect them to be okay. Because yes, I was totally fine in the head. That like maybe if I'd said, if I'd been more honest, like I told you, um, I wasn't totally honest about my depression and suicidal potential. You know, if if I wasn't to transition, who knows? I, I hate saying that. Like contemplating suicide, I was on the daily, but. I wasn't suicidal, you know, so I never brought it up just because it's like a what if, what if, what if. Yeah, but are you actually going to do it? No, then let's not go there. So it was never that conversation. But if if I had said that, maybe they would have, I'm not, not slating the GIC, they probably would have put more steps in place like seeing counsellors and therapists and all of that to then help me. But maybe it's my own fault that I didn't say that I had any mental health issues. So and I've gone through this journey. From perfectly. your experience, because I'm totally. not very knowledgeable on um, no. any clinic really, because I've not even had my first um, consultation. So you can only speak from your experiences and your experience mm. is that and it's valid yeah exactly so i need to be a bit more open with that and that's okay um yeah definitely that but it's it's really the um getting to the end and them not checking in like make me you it's it, well it's even even if you have got perfect mental health going through something as big as this you're not going to be perfectly mentally sound afterwards it's in its own it's traumatic um didn't realize it was gonna reawaken trauma because creating trauma obviously then links back to trauma and it all gets you back in there even just being in a hospital bed totally vulnerable is a very traumatic experience um as it is and just for not to be checked in on afterwards after it is it's almost like i've fought so hard for them to understand me um like i've done so much for them obviously they've done so much for me but i've done so much for them to get their approval that now I've got it, they don't care. Yeah. It, 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 feel, it feels like that. And the, the last, it's, well, it's been two and a half years since my downstairs surgery. And I've since had another operation from that because there were yeah. big complications for me. Yeah, um, I did have some big complications, which I've talked about and I'm still yet to make my, um, it went really well and I'm perfectly happy now video, which everyone's been expecting. Um, and it's been, well, it's been, six months seven eight months since I've had I can't even remember when I had it but I'm not making that video and people think I've died off YouTube you know but I'm not, I don't I don't, I don't I'm, I'm really done my whole YouTube journey has been a bit of a sugar coat like on Instagram showing my fat rolls but they're only the fat rolls I want you to see I'm not letting you see my ass so you like as well as my fat rolls and I don't want to be that person anymore but it's just getting the courage, not just to get the words out. Like um, I follow Steph Signati forever, um, and she's probably the most um, eloquently spoken person, like you actually as well. Just the way that you can just speak. Um, I don't Thank feel you. like my words come out. Oh God, just the vocabulary you come out with, and just how effortless it seems. It feels like such a 
difficult thing for me to get out how I'm feeling, either without I, breaking down or even just getting the words out. Very crucial to themselves. Critical, mm, critical to themselves. Yeah, yeah. That shows how poor my vocabulary can be, but critical to themselves. I find it quite like obviously I, I just boil it down to nerves nerves for you and your yeah. and your character and just like speaking about like trauma and stuff like that or, or like mm. anything um in terms of that sense potentially sensitive. I just rule it as that. However, I think you are eloquent in the way you speak and it's my how I'm seeing you because the way you might perceive you is different to the way I'm perceive, perceiving you. I'm perceiving you as very mm intelligent forthcoming helpful um and yeah like i cannot stress enough that your youtube channel i re-watch videos i really do yeah. to this day and it's it's very helpful and insightful and i kid you not you need to give yourself credit because credit where credit's due because some of the things that you've said in those videos really resonate with me and your vocabulary is bigger than you think without even you realizing yeah 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 um yeah definitely yeah yeah but I, I get you for that but uh, um again it goes back to like you have to believe that yourself yeah and it's I think because I haven't had that self-assurance I guess it's I've always been focusing on the future the next step and when I've had that um conveyor belt I really didn't almost care that there were like year waits between appointments that kind of thing I didn't care because there was the light at the end of the tunnel you know I was taking my hormones so that I could get enough boob tissue to get my breast augmentation like but I knew I had to wait two years but there was a two-year wait at the end like a light at the end of the tunnel after those two years and now I've reached the summit and it's not all sunshine and rainbows it's almost like there's only one way to go and that's very scary um because I've, I've made my life now I've got my life my life is my life but when I've been on such an upward journey to get to the summit which the pinnacle of a transition in most people's opinion is the surgery and it's not it for me it was never the case of being asked so are you going to get the surgery like most people think you'd never ask a trans girl if you're going to get the surgery it was never the case of asking if i'm going to get the surgery it's when i'm going to get the surgery if i haven't already had it and um it was always the that summer. Was, sorry to cut you off um, yeah, would you yeah. say that 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 was a running theme that you would get asked is that oh, the yeah, thing you'd get asked? when you when you're getting your boobs done like you know you've got no boobs I, I had an a cup but an a cup isn't always visible like obviously as visible as these so it was always a when you're getting your boobs done have you had the downstairs it was well i was spending most of my nights out like nights um out in clubs and whatever and that's just the conversation in the girls toilets you know it's like oh my god are you i would have never known oh my god you're gorgeous like that like can you do my hair can you do my makeup oh have you had it done though oh when are you going to you know and when that is your life it's kind of a bit of a oh yeah okay yeah Yeah. that was a I, i i really need to then um but now, like especially with lockdown, I don't go out clubbing, so I don't get asked that. So it's almost like maybe if I hadn't been in such a um, environment of being not being swayed, but having people's opinions thrust at me, yeah. um, would I be a different person? That kind of thing. But yeah, that my only like other than my mum, my only um, information and support network was the transgender identity clinic, and that was literally appointment appointment um psychotherapy evaluation psychotherapy evaluation 
hormones and then a surgeon like a mental person to get your signature for surgery then a second one then your surgery so there were years and years in between that it took a long time but once you've had your surgery I was dropped off but I was expecting that bit to be the hey I'm done I can get on with my life but when I've had complications with every surgery I've ever had especially this one with then all the mental health stuff which it didn't all slot into place where I was expecting it to but from my deep 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 dark place at the beginning when my transition was my saving grace for it to not be what I thought it was it's I'm fighting myself to not plummet back down there very quickly because like I've got my life that is a happy life but oh is it <laughs> you know um, like it is, it is reality you're like is this, mm. is this is this is this it is this actually what I wanted but like, like I know I... I wanted I wanted and to be a woman but is this the version of the woman I wanted to be yeah and have I made mistakes but it doesn't matter now because you can't go back which is what they drum into you from the beginning like don't do anything like even hormones you never know it could do something that later in the line if you've done it you can't actually go back or whatever whatever but definitely with surgery I know my body can never go back to what it was not that I would want it to now yeah. but it is oh it's so difficult as well to take things for granted because I know people would kill to be in my position yeah. and it sounds so ungrateful to like even speaking to someone that could potentially want these surgeries that I've had for me to then be like oh yeah but <laughs> is it I don't, is it I don't think it sounds ungrateful at all because it, it offers it. that like it offers that um oh hi the background <laughs> 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 I think it um I think it offers that clarity and that that perspective that it just isn't really talked about the it the is. other side it and it could it could actually prevent and give that um that that young trans um mm. insight onto like your body the way it is is okay just make Perfect. your own informed decision yeah. on what's right for you but it's so hard with social media not even social yeah. media but just the internet that i know if i'm that voice it the backlash that that would create would way overshadow the positive and it's so hard because I, I need to do that for like my own sanity more than anything because that is I, like it like you asked it just even the beginning of this whole however long we've just been speaking on this one topic but you asked why am I doing this why am I being this voice to mm -hmm. other people kind of thing and it's literally because I didn't have that but um I want to help people I'm not doing it to show off and clout or whatever you know I want to help people because I didn't have anyone helping me and I need to be an honest opinion because I don't want someone to do what I've done thinking they're going to come out like me who appears perfect like an Instagram reality to then want to kill themselves because if I didn't have my mum I would have so it's very much and boyfriend obviously but I, I, I'm scared that the information I put out on the internet might lead someone down my same path but they might not be as strong as me and the thought of that being on my shoulders or not not being me being accountable because I don't even know them they don't know me yeah. but you are if you put information out on the internet when you've got a big platform leading yeah when you put information out when you've got a big platform you're going to sway people's thoughts and whatever you know um, so I need it to be a truthful account of my experiences. So I need to stop sugarcoating things, definitely. I need to make a big video of all of the ins and outs of whatever that I need to do just to be the 
non-biased review of transitioning um, but I'm scared that if I'm not not saying this is how I'm feeling but if I was to be the voice saying I've fully transitioned I've had everything you can possibly have done and I regret it people will jump on that so hard in that you know the people that use it against trying to give blockers to young trans people that are wanting to start puberty for people getting the surgery for even the people that get this surgery done on the nhs if someone's had it done on the nhs that then regrets it that's a waste of twenty thousand pounds of the taxpayers money yeah. rah, 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 you know and <laughs> do you <laughs> no 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 um i don't regret it at all i regret oh, it's uh, it, mm, in, in the ideal world, if I had the perfect vagina that I could have possibly had, had I not had any complications, I wouldn't give it a second thought. But my vagina has been two and a half years of mental torment and pain. And it's, 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 it's so hard because me having a vagina in my head that completes me because I'm now a woman with a vagina which is what I've always been told is what it is you know um but it, yeah, if that was that that would be perfect but I had a penis that wasn't calling causing me any physical pain because it was just a penis whatever yeah I didn't like it because society's told me that I shouldn't have one so I hate it for being there it wasn't causing me any pain but I've had two years of urinary tract infections which have led to kidney infections because obviously a male urethra is longer but now I've had it cut short I've had it cut short so there's less distance for bacteria to travel also being a vagina that isn't self-cleaning because it's not a natural vagina we self-clean and regulate the bacteria and have happy bacteria mine is only bacteria free if I clean it which sounds gross but obviously it's clean I shower every day but I don't have those healthy bacteria to keep yeah. it healthy so I'm at more of a risk of getting bacterial infections you know um so yeah um also my urethra was a bit of a wasn't quite perfect so that then is like a target for so you're not, it's not it's not even like mentioned about like bacterial infection like i would have never known about no, that it's like oh get your vagina done bob's your uncle you're happy yeah but yeah it was it was that um well for me without talking about what's in my youtube and like repeating it but trying to condense it obviously just to get this it i can't get this over to you without telling you the details that are giving oh, you yeah. that information you know what i mean it's no, so I'm, hard I'm more than happy for you to look yeah. nice okay so it's the obviously urethra issues were giving me constant UTIs which then spread up to my kidneys because I wasn't flushing it out properly because my urethra was shortened so I was getting really bad back pain obviously kidney infections I was in bed for two weeks at a time and my urinary tract infections were happening every couple of weeks and after a three-month recovery of being in bed and having to dilate which is the most barbaric thing I could ever imagine anyone doing because it is it is like a gaping wound in the beginning and you're having to force it open can I show one on here is it one of these you know what they are putting that yeah. up a gaping open wound that is very like, princess jewels honey very oh yeah I know that but with with a um, post-op vagina with the surgery I had I've got two big scars like Princess Jewels, two big scars. And they're obviously in the bottom. It's a delicate area where your vagina actually is. And shoving one of them hard in, really hard, um, in something that is so delicate and so painful, 
was really, really nasty for three months um, before it was obviously healed and I could then ease up on the dilation. So I thought my healing process didn't finish. So um, like I split from here almost to my butt, which was awful. Oh, terrifying nasty well not really it was it was a little bit more it, but it opened up so it made dilation incredibly painful to the point where I couldn't bear to do it so obviously I lost depth and um the way my body scars is not the best apparently um like I had my Adam's apple removed and the scar is is okay now but it took years and um my boobs um my scars they, they went keloidy. Um, they were big scars anyway, because obviously I've got big implants and the amount of stretch that my skin's had to do is miraculous, I think. Um, but yeah, my scars went keloidy and then stretched. So I had massive nasty scars for years, uh, well, a year, and then I had them redone. And again, they've gone nasty because that's the way that my body scars. And that's translated to my vagina on the inside where they've had to obviously make me a vagina. The way I scar isn't the best. So the, in, the actual depth of my vagina which I'm not saying um, because of my job, obviously, you know, isn't what I was hoping for. Um, it's adequate. I can make it look adequate on camera, but um, me being a size queen in the previous life, now having a boyfriend, you know, now having a boyfriend that's been with me since before my surgery is a very lucky guy and has rendered me useless in that department. <laughs> You know what I mean? So all of this, like it, everyone wants a tight pussy, but you want your boyfriend in it and I can't. And that is, that in itself is such, not is a defeat. Is it detriment? Because that's the whole reason why you got it. Like it's oh, like yeah. a slap in the yeah. face. Yeah, otherwise like, I might as well have got the get, zero depth get, option. You can, get, you can get a vagina, but you're not going to get the good shit. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. So it's almost like I would have gone for the zero depth option because like any woman, really, most of my orgasms are achieved, if not all of them are achieved just through clitoral stimulation. So having the depth that I spent three months of agony for, which now isn't that great, is a bit like a, that was pointless. But, not, but if, if I had a smaller boyfriend, maybe, but even still not really, because all of the, most of the pleasure comes from the external. Um, so that was a bit of a, ha. Huh wonderful not only that though but being literally castrated um when your testicles produce the testosterone that gives you your libido as a male to then have that totally removed there's me bereft of libido and that to my relationship with my boyfriend felt like it could have ended it he he like loves me so he's not that too bothered um because i make it work i, I will still put out you you know because I love him so it makes me want to but on a physical level before pre-op I needed to have regular mm -mm -mm, just to get rid of those urges now I could go forever and not care which obviously with my work is also a detriment like I it was great like who who's who's like masturbating for a living when you love masturbating amazing but when you don't and sometimes it's painful hell um so that was a bit of a hmm which again isn't great to talk about for work but i will anyway um so it's, it's one of these things like if if on paper yes me getting a vagina done happy perfect my life would be done happy perfect but the fact that i've had to have a second operation which took two years to get on top of all of the time waiting which uh, it was awful, 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 awful. Um, 
and that was privately so and on nhs god even couldn't imagine um yeah i tried i tried to wait to get my revisions done on the nhs but after two years there was no sight and especially that is once you've been signed off you're then a woman in their eyes surgically yeah. whatever. so you're treated like a woman i'm getting pestered to go get a pap smear um pap smear is that no cervical screening that's the one i don't know what pap smear is that's a woman <laughs> thing um yeah cervical screening i'm getting pestered for one of those but obviously don't need one but surgically in their, their eyes i'm a woman so um you're getting dismissed yeah totally um yeah so oh yeah that was it so me trying to get my revisions because my urethra wasn't great my labia were a bit too big like obviously when when you're chopping up making it look perfect when you're doing that surgery it's instant swelling so he did the best he possibly could and it's gorgeous don't get me wrong but after all of the swelling had subsided it was a bit too big kind of thing my urethra obviously was the main issue and then the vaginal depth scar tissue went nasty no um so it needed revisions because i was in pain but because my like labia obviously it's a cosmetic thing it's it's not functional it's labia and urethra it's not functional it's it was i could still pee but it's how it was looking it was a bit too there um oh yeah that was it as well i had erectile tissue in my urethra left so if I got aroused, it would swell up and look like a baboon. You know, that kind of feeling in my head. So it literally Basically, just... Basically, I had Well, yeah, and it looked like I had two clitorises. And trying to explain that on live stream, when I'm, when people are like, do you even have a clitoris? It was a bit of a... Huh. So, yeah, trying to work that through. But then trying to get NHS funding to correct these surgeries. There was an elective surgery. Um it was cosmetic sorry we don't deal with cosmetic issues so i was turned down for the funding for it i was then turned down when i appealed it because they don't deal with fertility issues so me being in pain with the urethra and having it like big labia that's a fertility issue apparently because i'm a woman um it was like i was no longer trans in their eyes and it was so bizarre so obviously did it privately but waited too long and my scar tissue that went fibrous on the inside of my vagina was irreparable and it can I don't think it can ever well I don't know unless I maybe go to a different surgeon abroad or whatever but by me going to the best surgeons in my country that is that I don't want to have surgery abroad that terrifies me um so me now I've been to the best he's done the best he can twice and still it's not perfect there's there's no there's no way up up from that you know so I'm kind of stuck dealing with it question as well but what is perfect because there's no standard book of like um a vagina visually um, yeah. um however like as in like the functions of it i get what you mean like it needs to function and, and at being least. in pain that yeah kind of yeah yeah that too yeah, yeah that too that too i'm totally sorry i forgot about that no no, but no like, yeah, but um, yeah um i get what you mean um and yeah so, so it, it's got to the point where i'm going to make my follow-up to my um revision surgery and everyone's expecting like to me to say that all of the issues that i had faced have now been fixed it's not a case of that it's that i'm coming to terms with that they can't be in some and that's why it's taking me so long to make this video because i'm not there i'm really not there and i don't know if I yeah mentally well, yeah, like physically, I'm no longer in pain. So all of those issues that were there are gone. Um, visually, my labia are now smaller. He did that perfectly. So it looks great. 
so work is fine that's placated work works i can carry on with work i've got enough depth that i can show it off and make it it's enough to get someone off in a video you know but no it's not enough for me to have the perfect sex with my boyfriend that i've always wanted the natural way um but what i've got is what i've got and that is what i'm having to get come to terms with but if i'm having to come to terms with what i've got is what i've got why can't i've done that eight years ago do you know what i mean so that is the hard thing and it's the hardest thing is um because i get asked all the time do i regret it because it's just a bizarre thing that people think it's okay to ask like you you've had a penis now you've got a vagina which was better if the penis was better do you regret getting the vagina that kind of thing that is the level that people are thinking yeah. but it's it's not a case taking to regret because what's yeah. best it's a okay i had something that was perfect in itself that wasn't causing me any pain i've then gone through so much trauma to then have something that's not that great and is causing me shit sons of pain of course you're going to regret it but it's not a case of i regret it i would want to go back yeah. it's a case of i regret it that I didn't speak up and well have the money sooner to get my revisions you know what I mean because I paid for it myself I had to have that money why couldn't I've had that sooner you know it's it's a case of those kind of things as opposed to I don't like it I should have stayed with a penis because I think that's what when I put out this video of yes I've got regrets that's the spin people are going to put on it that are those yeah. people you know and that's what I'm terrified about and I feel like you you got um and I, I'm 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 in a place where I've just about got off the cusp of overthinking because that that was like a running theme of like mm. my mental health. Just not even just in terms of being trans, but like everything to the nth degree. I can mm. see that with you, you do overthink a lot, and totally. I'm, I'm glad and I'm glad you and you're very mindful about what what you choose to put out and talk about. However. Mm your message is your message and I know it comes from a place of love it's not you enforcing and instructing like we always get on the daily of like this is it you're no yeah. you're not yes you are um however that's not the case with you and I know you would always preface everything you say even without even having to do so so yeah, definitely you, you you're just covering yourself and your back so much that it's almost unnecessary unnecessary because yeah people that genuinely genuinely care and love and support you can see mm -hmm. that and it doesn't yeah. take um a rocket science like rocket scientists like to even figure that out even people that are just coming in that aren't your um usual supporters or fan base even new people coming in can even differentiate the two you don't have to spoon feed everything not saying yeah. that you are undoing but mm -hmm. i really hope you do get to a place where and i know you will um get to a place where you just just speak just speak because everything everything you say always is valid, that, that is valid mm. and it comes out right mm. and you're being very mindful without even trying to be even though you mm. give the preface of being mindful yeah and it's i am coming to terms with that definitely because it isn't being perfect that people want it's me like that you not you not learn from your mistakes me, you honestly you learn from your mistakes as yeah. well that's how mm. we grow as humans yeah, but it's not like the point of transitioning wasn't to be the perfect woman, it's to be me. And me being like talking about my journey, it's not to give the perfect journey, it's to give me that kind of thing. And people don't want to see the perfect journey. Well, obviously, some people really don't want to see the perfect journey. They want to see you full. But 
people don't want to see the perfect journey they want to see my journey so that's what I need to be putting out more so yeah I get that totally it's just it's just being being ready for the backlash and having to deal with the comments which are the, the big thing about the internet which yeah I feel like you you do you do um handle it well and you have that healthy detachment because you're not so I can only speak on from what I can see that you do put out but I feel like you you have a healthy balance in the sense that you turn off when you need to when it gets too much and um to wrap things up in terms of like all of the social media stuff and all of that um why do you think it's imperative as trans people to speak about about like trans topics trans this and that as Mm -hmm. like why do you think it's important now more than ever especially with like um trans what was so when when the black lives matter was happening so like Mm -hmm. trans people um trans women i believe as well are being murdered and Mm -hmm. like um i just off off right off the bat like have like a situation where i never used to think this way but suddenly i'm just thinking this way like in little in little like waves of like if I potentially go out with this guy, he could kill me for being mean. So why do you think it's important for us to like normalize being trans? That is literally it. It's it's not, people are thinking we are shoving it in their faces and trying to change people's views of like, say straight men, if they don't want to date someone with a penis, that's transphobic, that's bollocks. it's we're not trying to change people's preferences and views you are what you are you are you like what you like but just don't kill people for being who they are literally just that putting it bluntly it's we don't want like okay i'm a trans woman i'm a woman um i identify as like a bit bisexual but mainly straight Uh, you know what i mean yeah for yeah a, a straight man to find me attractive that's okay okay like if if I had a penis, I'd understand if I wasn't quite your thing because I don't have the genitals that you like. Fine, but when I've got a vagina, bit different. Um, I think a little bit, but mm. not. Is this? It's, but it's still preference. Like, okay, I can't give you biological children. That's your preference then. Yep. Fine. Um, but just be. Just I'm still a person, you know. Just because I'm not the person you want, or blah blah blah, blah I'm still a person like that and it's just it's we just need to normalize it so that people stop getting killed for existing like back back with like stonewall i really don't don't want to talk about it because i don't know enough to speak about it you know what i mean it's such a huge monumental part of our history i really should know more about but i don't um and and feel so inadequate with that that I feel like I don't even have a voice with it just in case but you know there are people before us that have fought for us to be here and like especially being gay all of that me growing up if I'd grown up gay fine years ago could have been killed you know that needs to happen with us growing up now probably could have been killed but in the future see future even the ones coming up now that fine flaunting their transness fine i felt i had to hide it in the beginning now they're coming up on tiktok as 16 and trans and gorgeous and perfect and loved for it and you know what i mean it's it's becoming the norm is celebrated exactly but not not like necessarily put on a pedestal that it is the thing to be we're not any better than cis women like not kind of thing we're not coming for your gig we're not trying to take them <laughs> in. We're, yeah. 
you know we're not taking your men kind of thing we're not saying we're better than you we're not trying to convert your kids we are just trying to be and exist and be happy and okay and that's literally it that's why our message is so big i was a bit like not not annoyed but um only coming from a place of not having the knowledge about um, non-binary people in the sense of I didn't know it existed until I met one um that kind of thing and thought it was a bit weird because I'd never come across someone I thought you're a boy you're a girl if you're in between you're transitioning not you can happily live in the in-between and be okay with that being neither which seems like bliss now if you if you can shed the gender norms perspective of the fact that you're you're almost thinking from that heteronormative way of life oh totally that's different that's not right it it makes you think that if me as a trans person can have that internalized transphobia of thinking trans is weird i bloody well am one yeah god knows what someone else is thinking i'm just so emotionally fucked that i always like it's just like it's like why can't i process this in the way i want to be processed and i'm just almost because i've been fed this and then now i'm almost subconsciously believing it and then it's just emotional Mm. trauma like it is just wow yeah and and we're the woke ones yeah like yeah um yeah but no yeah i think you've done me the world of favors of like oh right back at you what was that sorry right back at you no thank you thank you uh, words, words on like for um, potential people on the cusp of transitioning or thinking about it. What what would you want to um, say? And um, luckily, we are now depending obviously on where you are. Um, speaking from someone in Britain with a very closed little bubble that is my existence, saying that it um, don't care what people are going to think. Go out and live your truth. Um, if you're scared to transition, just do it. You can never transition too soon. Just do it for yourself. Be happy. Um, obviously, if you can get arrested and murdered for doing that, don't do that. Potentially, I don't know. I'm speaking from my little British bubble where it's getting to the point where it's okay to do this. Um, but definitely I'm the, do oh, yeah, research. And I'm speaking from a privileged sense, so I, I am exactly. very Exactly. That's it. Exactly. So, um, obviously, transitioning in itself can be very expensive, surgically very much so, but even just changing your wardrobe and, you know, getting the makeup and learning, the the learning process of doing makeup is expensive in itself. Please don't stand on my keyboard. Um, But, yeah, if if you can do it, just do it. Um, Yes, I've lost a couple of family members that didn't agree along the way, but if they're not agreeing with me, not saying like, if you don't believe what I believe, you don't deserve to be around me. Not that. But if you are meant to be someone that is supporting me and you can't, don't feel bad for not being able to. But don't expect me to continue putting myself in that environment, yeah. if that makes sense. You need um, more help. Huh? That's it. You need being being someone that's potentially going on this journey to have a very nice supportive network not only to pick you up when you're down to look after you in your recovery but just to be someone to talk to like this chat has probably helped me more than anything and you know god it's been amazing just just to get out as well more than i do vent um but it's just have people to talk to find people that are similar to you so that you can have the shared experiences like i know we've got so much in common and i don't really even know you you know what i mean but i so do um yes yeah 
So find people like that. So you're not doing it on your own. Um, you don't need to follow anyone. Don't follow anyone, obviously, in their journey. Find it out for yourself. Don't idolise but... anyone, but it's good to have exactly. advice. Yeah. Well, take everything it, yeah. with a pinch of salt as well. Going back to all yeah. the Tanya things. Take everything with yeah. a pinch of salt. Yeah. And um, I've, oh God, one of the reasons why I didn't have any trans friends in my transition as well, I kind of shot myself in the foot, was anyone further in the conveyor belt than me, I was hatefully jealous, so I couldn't be friends with them. And anyone behind me, I almost didn't want to be associated with them. And is it not, not, oh, it's awful, but it is so true that I was on my journey to becoming passable and being with someone that might have it written on their forehead saying it horribly um puts me with them and oh if if they are maybe you are as well and it was like in in a hate horribly but just trying to protect myself way i didn't want to be with anyone that was further behind in Literally my transition going back to the survival mode that we've always it really been is it, it's, it's not from it's from, not just, from childhood survival yeah, nothing to do with what well, it is kind of possibility. But when you, when you have the trans label on your forehead, you're at a risk, um, not 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 necessarily from danger, but it's just way more obvious than if you can just slip yeah. under the radar. And I was trying to slip under the radar. So anyone that was less fortunate, I didn't want to be associated with. But anyone more fortunate ahead of the what's it I didn't want to be associated with because I was too jealous. And that's my own issues. But I very much made myself myself and that disadvantaged me massively so i'm glad that we're now at a point where it's okay to be trans like you don't you don't see someone that's trans getting heckled anywhere near as much where i around where i live that when i was transitioning you would um so very much so fortunate there um so you can just make friends just make friends doesn't matter where you are on the journey where they are on the journey you share you, you will have things in common don't like compare yourself to others in either direction not that being less passable is a direction because you can have everything done and be that person and still not pass it's passing is toxic so much because what does a woman look like there are women biological women that i would think you know what i mean there are less passable naturally born women than i am at passing as a woman and so what does that even mean so passing needs to go in the bin yes for sure definitely but when it is the thing that is seen to give you the safety it's what's clung to from us but not only forced into us by society because oh i can see you've got a really strong jawline you've got a bit of an adam's apple going on i can see you're a boy that kind of thing so you want to pass you really really want to pass but yeah it really does nothing me being hermione in the wigwam didn't care that I might have had an Adam's apple, whatever's going down there. I was me. I was happy. It's the outside shit that's thrown at you. Just don't let it stick. That's it. And I really, really appreciate how how you just said that and you just literally brought it back to just honing in on yourself and what really, truly actually like actually just like sparks joy for you. Just like yeah. this and that sparked joy for you. And I yeah. think that's the premise of like transitioning and finding out what works for you and really thinking about it like a tattoo thinking yeah. about it think about it think about all these choices and I really hope that this whole rapport between us that has been so beautiful and I'm so fortunate for um maybe not like 
help someone but at least that they can take away something from it something yeah. positive and yeah. I can't stress enough how much how, how grateful I am for for this I really mm. really really am appreciative of you and your time and you as a human being um, I'm really really appreciative and I can tell already that we'd be great friends <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> um just um fine final words um is there anything you'd like to plug oh my god uh, <laughs> i'm usually told that on a different website <laughs> um, <laughs> oh god um yeah well yeah no if, if you want anything to do with my transition like i said it is sugar-coated so please know that there is so much more dark stuff that i will get into but i've shared most of them, like the objective i've tried to be as objective as possible um because i didn't I've, nothing is a lie on my youtube whatsoever but i've given more positives not than I should have, but there is an equal and opposite negative. So take it with the pinch of salt that it is my journey. I've, there's, it's all my truth, but I need to give it more from the negative side eventually when I get the strength and I get need. To, I just need to do it. But there's more. But I'm here. I'm alive. I'm happy. So know that at the same time. But yeah, my YouTube is um, just my name, Ruby Fiera. Search that up if you want my journey. All of my surgeries, vocal surgeries. I've had both that you can have: boobs, vagina. That's it. Um, but yeah, that that is that. And um, I think I'll leave everything else up to the people that want to find it. <laughs> so I thank you guys so much for like for watching my first episode of loving me loving you i i really think this title encompasses what the kind of message basically i want to get across um if you can't love yourself as rupaul says how are you gonna love somebody else mm. um, <laughs> no but again thank you ruby fiara and i will link everything to do with her um in the description and yeah this will be accessible to all platforms um not just um the traditional um video format but i'll be making like a podcast thing on apple podcast figure out how to do that but no thank you guys so much for watching go share some love to um ruby and um stay tuned for episode two thank you for having me lots of love <laughs> to you thank you for this <laughs>